What's going on, everybody? It is Coach Greg Adams back in here with another YouTube live stream. Shout out to the Coach Gang. And that's you. For being in here, being involved, and being active on this YouTube channel. And welcome to the internationally known from Frisco to Maine, all the way to Spain, the Wake Up Show. Part of the Free Agent Lifestyle Podcast here on the Free Agent Lifestyle Channel. You in here with the Bruce Wayne this ish, the King order. of Kings, the King of Content, and the Speaker of Truth, yours truly, the Notorious new, One, new, 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 new a.k.a. Order. Mr. Coachellini, better known as the Prognosticator, Coach Stradamus, and you're in the Desert Storm Bunker with none other than EWF. That is every woman's fantasy, and the whole effing show, also known as the CEO, Niggero, of Fix His Minds, LLC, I'm the unbinder, the undebatable, the undisputed best edutainment here on YouTube. You can also know me as Senior Gregorio Greybeard, also known as Mr. Nothrabajo. The ladies love to call me Third Leg Your Greg. Third leg was just phenomenal. Also, also, I am the Morpheus of the Matey Matrix, the Chocolate of Confucius, the Black Moses, the Deliverer from you guys right here, delivering you with this truth. You should also call me the man who walks in the spirit of Elijah. Better known as CGAC God Allah, the king of milk, the head-ass ninjas, and the 10-time demonetized champion of YouTube. All right, that demonetization really, really helped me. All right, it made me stay broke, but it made me pay less in child support. I'm going to just let you know that right now. All right, ninja didn't come after my pockets, and they was coming after my pockets but we got a great show for you today because it is Tuesday. Yes, Tuesday. It is time to celebrate our gorditas and our tortas and our gordas. We got them today. It is Tuesday, ladies and gentlemen, Taco Tuesday. And I got energy today. I went to bed right after the show. All right, no prawn hub either. No Juco, no prawn hub, no freebies, no free bitches. Yes, man, we have a great show for you lined up today. And we're going to celebrate our gorditas. And I wish you ninjas would stop sending me Latina chicks that like are attractive, highly attractive and thick. You're like, coach, what about this gordita? That's not a gordita. <laughs> ninjas be sending me fine OnlyFans girls. With big old ample, big large titties and nice skin right here. And the woman don't look like she can cook popcorn. That's not a gordita. A gordita is a gordita. A woman that's probably as tall as she is wide. A woman, a homely woman. That's a gordita. That's a torta. Ninjas be trying to, I mean, ninjas be trying to send me, show these girls in Colombia on horses. And they got strag eyelashes. They got fake titties. That's not a gordita. <laughs> Stop. Ninjas trying to send me slim, thick baddies. Show this one, coach. Show this one. That's not a gordita. A gordita is a gordita. All right. She dropped me off at the front of the Home Depot for work. That's a gordita. And she be on the chimichangas. And she'd be all up in there making guacamole. Not no baddie Colombian uh, cartello chick. They just be sending me cartello chicks. Show this gordita coach for Tuesday. That's not a gordita. <laughs> all right. Good Lord. They just got to know what's going on. Ninja, you, you, come on, man. Stop. These people. 
Ninja gotta send me. We want true royalty. Just go, women with five, the five fat chubby fingers. Them, them. You know they got fingers on their hand that look like snossages. That's a gordita. Anyway, let's get back in. <laughs> let's get back. Yeah, 411, 170. 411, 170. That's a gordita. Yeah, not telling no vela chicks. They be trying to send me top notch. Show her a coach for Tuesday. No, that's not how this works. We're trying to tell you guys, get you a good woman. A good one. A good one with that chunky. Let me show you. Let me just show you right now. Let me show you what the what the gordita is right here. Let's go ahead and show you. This right here. The 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 this one right here. Oh, damn, it's a little light. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> you know she can whip up a good guacamole. She gonna take care of home. Take care of home. Ninja trying to get his throat slashed with a cartello chick in Colombia. Talking about coach. What about this one? Nah, this the one I want right here. Oh, yeah. That, okay. She ain't never going to not give me the punani. Shout out to my gorditas. And she looks tall, but she's not. This woman's like five foot two. All right. But she moves like a mother sucker. Show me. Show me gordita. When I get home, she give me that. Oh, my goodness. What in the world? Right. Oh, yeah, this is what I. Oh, no. Not the face. Oh, my goodness. What oh, in the, the world? Yes, indeed. This is what we talking about. That's my girl. Show me what you can do. Show me what you're working with. Oh, splash. Oh, my goodness. Lord have mercy. That's what I'm talking about. That's a gordita. All right, that's a real one. Get you a real one. (laughs) Get you a real one. Mm -mm. Boy, I bet you would smell nasty, bro. Smell nasty. She the queen. She the final boss of gordita. (laughs) All right, anyway, big draws. Yes, that's what I'm talking about. We ain't talking about no cartello chicks from Colombia that have y'all ass jumping off of bridges, all right, and breaking your legs trying to get away from the cartel. That's not what we talking about over here. Ninja, stop. Mm, mm, mm. That's what I'm talking about. Anyway, today's show, pretty privileged. We have two women that are going to be here. Well, they're not going to be here. We're going to play their video, and they're going to talk about how being a pretty woman it's been a negative in their lives. Yes, indeed. How being a pretty woman has impacted their lives negatively and how they've been mistreated. We're going to go into the psychology of the woman who's been blessed by nature. And we're going to read some commentaries by people who are, are going to listen to their videos. But these women are going to complain about basically hitting the genetic lottery. Now, listen, nobody's lives are perfect out here. It's tough all around the building, right? It's tough all around for everybody. But we assume that people who have money, women who are attractive, women who got good titties and nice ass and beautiful skin, uh, men who are tall, dark, and handsome, they got the chisel square off jaw. You know what I mean? We assume that their lives are perfect. We assume that people work hard and get to a certain place in life, and they get everything they want in life. They get the money, the hoes, the clothes, the cars, the shoes, all right? They get all of that, and we assume they're going to be happy. But that's not always the case. And so for all of us ninjas, our short, sawed off, uh, 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 what do you call it? Recessed chin, bird chested, okay, ugly, uh, dusty, all of us balding, all of us ninjas out here, poor, broke, lonely, pookies, all of us right now are going to get a lesson, a lesson in life from pretty women. In fact, let me just show you this right here. This is an article right here. Article right here. The problems of being very beautiful. Oh, no. The problem. 
the problem of being very beautiful. Oh my lord, ninja. You know, we we're gonna listen to two we're gonna listen to two women that's gonna tell you ninjas and set you straight as to why it sucks to be a beautiful woman. The beautiful people, the beautiful people. Dan Yes, man, it's cold. it's cold out here. It's cold just like the middle of the winter. Oh, man, they're crying on the Internet about being beautiful. Yes, it's a curse. The gift and the curse. We're going to look at the psychology of beautiful women. We also got Straggle with Snickle Theater. We got Doom and Gloom CGA. We also have, what other segments do we have today? Oh, we got the Struggle segment. Celebrity Men Down Bad. We got Cry Reese here. We have Kiki Palmer's ex and Darius Rucker. Darius Rucker. Darius Rucker getting dissed by his ex-wife. After he got arrested, celebrities down bad. Then we'll get into pretty privilege. And if if we have time, we'll explore the migrant crisis of 1950. What? What you say, coach? The migrant crisis of 1950. In fact, everything we're seeing about the migrant crisis of the so-called illegal alien or the open border, if you will, we've already experienced. And some of you guys might be too young to realize it. But there was a great migrant uh, make migration in the United States in the 1950s. And uh, I want you to see the difference or the similarities between the migrant crisis of 1950 and the migrant crisis of 2024. And in fact, are they saying the exact same thing? Isn't this going to be interesting? We'll probably have that somewhere in the middle of the show while I'm riffing. We're going to listen to some details of the migrant crisis of 1950, the black Southern migrants migrating to the Northern cities in the Pacific coast and how not only whites saw these migrants, but other blacks saw these migrants. And I'm going to see, we're going to see if there's anything said differently about the current migrants coming into America at this particular point. Ooh, wait, this is going to be interesting. Yes, Hootie and the Bowfist Ash Ninja. Oh, man, this is going to be interesting. People going to get their feelings hurt, but it's going to be interesting. Some of the same things and uh, things we're attributing to the current migrants were said exactly by whites and other blacks about the migrants coming from the South. Oh, no. Ooh-wee. All right. Mm. This is interesting. Anyway. To contribute to today's show, dollar sign, the notorious CGA on the cash app, Bimbo. Coach Greg Adams TV, PayPal is paypal.me backslash Coach Greg Adams. And that be pinned to the top of the live chat on the free agent lifestyle channel where you can super chat on the notorious. New, 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 new world order. CGA channel. Interesting. Albert Wesker says women complain about everything, even being pretty. The beautiful people, the beautiful people. da 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 Yes, man. Women complain about everything. Um, if I was an attractive man, which I am, I wouldn't complain about it. <laughs> right? Listen, I don't complain about much in this world except, you know, stuff like that. All right. So anyway, what do we got here? Darth Word, Darth Ward says thoughts. I think you meant thoughts on the Apple new headset. Well, this is my thoughts about the new Apple headset uh, for the existing group of people that exist today. It's going to seem very dumb and moronic. You're going to say, why would we need such a thing? Now, when I tell you, and I've been telling you this before, if you understand when things are rolled out like these devices, like an Apple headset, it is not 
for people who exist currently. Really, it is not for the older generation. So certainly, this headset is not for boomers and Gen X. They're going to automatically rebel, and they're going to think that everybody's pretty much dumb and morons for purchasing such an item. If you're an older millennial, uh, it's going to seem dumb. You're going to immediately say, I don't care about these things. But if you're smart, you probably would invest in this company because who this for is Gen Alpha. This is a Gen Alpha device. This device is going to be the device that Gen Alpha and the generations moving forward are going to use. And I know you're thinking no, and this might not be the current in a rendition of the device that is going to be used. There might be another company, but I'm just assuming Apple's going to be around for a long time. I don't see them taking the L. Um, there are going to be other companies that do and follow this with Oculus and, and lifelike uh, glasses. If you think of Ready Player One and any of these ideas. So these devices are for young people and the generations that are going to follow. So yes, you're, if you see adults with them, they're going to look corny, just like people look corny with their iPads and people look corny with their um, their ear. What do you call it? The little ear device talking into the phone. People are going to say you're corny. People are going to say you're corny for walking around videoing yourself. People are going to say you were corny for trying to pop off on social media. And now people are making lives and careers off of the same corny shit that people were complaining about. And they complained about 15 to 20 years ago. Not only that. Um, yes, the young people, just like they are attached to their iPads, are going to be attached to their Apple devices as soon as people can and afford it. And you're going to see young kids with these goddamn glasses on. So that's my point. That's my point on it. My point is it's not for old people. It's not for me. It's not for boomers. It's not for really older millennials. It's for Gen Z, young, and then Gen Alpha. They're going to eat this shit up in about 10 years. <laughs> or yeah, the Bluetooth headphone. And people were wearing them, you know what I mean? They're just like that, you know. So that's what I think about it. It's 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 the future. It's the future. So these devices are going to get criticized, and everybody's going to look dumb, and they're going to say, why you pay that much? The price will come down in two years. So, um, yes, just like kids are attached to their iPads today, and people are like, these kids are getting too much iPad. These kids will have Apple goggles in a minute. <laughs> that's what they're going to do. Uh, so anyway. People don't. People are done with reality. Ninjas don't even want to go outside no more. So yes, they're gonna buy these glasses. So I'm gonna put a couple of dollars. I'm gonna put a couple of dollars. I might get me a set. Now I don't have no job though. <laughs> All right. The only thing is I don't have a job. I don't know how I'm gonna get them. But if I was actually smart as a social media content creator, I would actually get me a pair and do a video and make about twenty dollars back. All right. So anyway, it's going to happen. It's going to, well, people are going to, people are going to pay the price up into a certain amount, but then what's going to happen is a rival company is going to make a cheaper version. Apple is going to have to bring that price down just a little bit. They'll bring it down to two grand. I mean, two grand was in, is it within reach of the normie? Two grand is it within reach of the normie? So, to, you know, people pay what? $1,200 for an iPhone? Yeah, they'll do it. So remember, anything that comes out, any agenda, any new device, it is not for older people. It is for young people. It is the target audience is young people. And young people don't give a fuck. Like this, young people, this is their reality. Remember, a young person today, a person graduating high school today has not lived life without a smartphone device. Like they don't understand life before smartphone. That's all they know. They probably grew up with FaceTime. Which for us, this was a dream. It would be like, damn, we used to dream about shit like this in 1987. In 1987, we used to be like, one day we'll walk around with 
TVs in our hand like Elroy uh, from the Jetsons. <laughs> like this was a dream. Yeah, buy now, pay later, Apple financing. People are going to jump all over this shit um, within a year or two. But yeah, that's what I think about it. Um, and listen, it's the future. I'm going to tell you, man. New, 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 new world order. It will. It, it's going to take off. They're just going to be squeezing off uh, uh, fat women to get one. But I think it's somewhat weird. I don't know. All the Apple devices are somewhat the same to me. So whether you got it on your phone or whether you got it in your face, I mean, on your head, I think it's, I don't understand. It's the same device, but you know, (laughs) somebody says I paid 5k for it. So there you go. It's already coming down. Price is coming down. Wow. Shout out to Davey boy. McFarland is in the building with the sponsor co-sponsorship. We'll give you a sponsorship at this point. Oh yeah. All right. We'll give you a sponsorship. Shout out to Davey. He says nothing. So that means we can get on with the show. Doom and Gloom CGA starts now. All right, all right, Doom and Gloom CGA. We already started off with some with these Apple ear, uh, Apple headphones. But yes, that's where we at. Oh, I got some more gorditas for you in a minute. Don't hey, don't let me forget. Take a look at this, as we say over here. Hey, look at this. All right, what do we got here on Doom and Gloom CGA? Bankruptcy spike as Americans grapple with debt and inflation. But they're still going to get them goggles. They're still going to get their goggles. This is now reported by Newsweek. I reported this last week. This is reported late last week. And, yes, people are struggling. They're doing their buy now, pay later. But they're still going to get their goggles. Okay, bankruptcies rose last year as Americans dealt with dealt in their inflation and bankruptcies grew by 16% for non-businesses in the period ending in December 2023. According to the U.S. courts, the number of filings grew to almost a half a million compared to less than a half a million in 2022. See, years, the numbers could be a sign of the times. Experts say, especially as personal bankruptcies had been on a decade plus of sharp decline. Okay, bankruptcy filings peaked in December 2010 when the number hit just below 1.6 million, and that's basically a result of the catastrophic housing crisis once people started getting into it and feeling the effects. As you can see, it took two years for people to feel the massive effects of the housing uh, housing decline in 2008. Okay, so um, this is one of the reasons why I say we're going to be in a long period of decline in financial pain and this is an example. I always tell you, it takes a couple of years for everybody to feel the pain. It takes a couple of years. So we've been feeling the pain, but just wait. A couple more years, people are going to be feeling the pain across the board. So watch out. Doom and gloom, CGA sure pressures on right here. This is from Fox News. Fox News. Right? Yeah, Fox News. It says right here, a great wrecking is coming here for higher education. Sounds familiar, right? Well, in 2018, I did a video uh, where I referenced an article, and I talked about Colleges and universities will collapse in 10 years. We are now four years away, four and a half years away from the video that I did talking about the college education system collapsing. When I made that video, unfortunately, I had to delete it from YouTube as I was trying to get monetized again and I cleaned up my YouTube page. But all of my older content is on my Vimeo channel. Uh, One of these days, I'll show you where to find it. But I said in 2018, the college education system will collapse. When I made that video, people thought I was crazy. 
By the way, I worked in college and universities for 15 years. Today, you can see that, yes, the college industry is collapsing. It's collapsing on its face because people are no longer seeing the great need for it, and people are trying to figure out if they can get skills versus a useless degree. I put that video out in 2018, and yes, here we go right now. Uh, This is the importance of men being able to say what they need to say in terms of truth. Because sometimes if you keep it within, you'd be like, oh, I I thought that too. Well, many things that I think I say, and I say it, and it's ultimately the real reality. There's a great reckoning reckoning coming to the higher education system. Let's see what they have to say. Child care costs more than college. You heard that right. A new report finds almost half of parents spend more than $18,000 a year on child care. 20% spent more than $36,000. Compare that to the average cost of attending a state college at $24,000 a year. Mike Rowe works for Foundation CEO, and Mike Rowe's with us in New York. Nice to see you again. Nice to be in the newsroom. Yeah, okay. Love numbers. Uh, 35% of parents tap into their savings account Mm -hmm. to cover child care. 68% 68% had only six new, months new, new, worth new of savings order. before they run out for good. You can't, you can't go very far on that, Mike. Look, I mean, I've been hearing a lot lately about why aren't people having kids? What yeah. the heck's going on? And yeah. I'm probably the wrong one to ask that since I don't have any. But, man, I get it. You start looking at the numbers. Like, what, what actually happened? I, yeah. Permission to sound like an old guy mm. for a minute? Yes. Mm-hmm. Sound like an old guy. You have kids 40 years ago. Yeah. You send them to a public school. Which one? The closest one. Yeah. Right? What's it the cost? One in your district. It doesn't cost anything. Right. You know, um, you need a babysitter? There's a girl down the street. She's great. Five. Yeah, let me, let me stop you right there, sir. <laughs> let me stop you right there. Ninja, uh, some of these normies just actually amaze me. And I know these people are smarter than this. They just can't say what CGA says. This is why it's better to be independent out here so I can be the voice of the independents. I can say what I want to say without being held back by sponsors and shit like that. These great programs that you see where I can spit this truth are sponsored by the viewer, not YouTube, not sponsorships. Coach, you should get sponsorships. I don't want them because I want to say what I want to say. The reality is feminism fucked it up. That's what happened. All right, that's what happened. And now we painted ourselves in the corner because you got two parents, the two income trap. They both got to go work. They're both prioritizing their career and you got the kids left alone. And now who's raising the kids year from ages zero to five, who's raising them. And then once they find out that you have no other choice, they can squeeze you on the price. That's basic economics. That's basic supply and demand. That's basic capitalism. Then when you go into these other schools, you're so pinched that you want to send your kids to free public school. And then these free public schools turning your kids into tippy-toes, Duke shooters, and kids that don't know how to identify themselves. It's screw the pooch. It's very easy to see. Nobody wants to call it out. So good luck to you people out here. I'm going to tell you right now. And then by the time you get the college, oh, by the way, divorce has not been great on the system because you got single parents and divorce. You're more likely to see a single parent raised kid and a divorced kid than a kid from a two-parent household that is married. So what is that going to force the next generation to do? I ain't having no kids. They're not going to have kids. They're having less and less kids, and there's less and less marriage. And there's less and less divorce, which people are saying, well, people are getting divorced less. No, they're not. They're getting married less. But take it take it or leave it. Take it or leave it. Whatever floats your boat. But the reality is we're in a pickle, and quite the conundrum will be fine. But this is why we need the immigrants. <laughs> this is why we need the immigrants. 
because the immigrants are going to come in and do it somewhat more traditionally. Maybe some of them are might stick you up because stick out, stick up kids is out the tax, but that might happen. Who knows? Who knows? I know what's going to happen is our lives are going to change around this system. So that's what we got going on. Take it or leave it. Take it or leave it. Doom and gloom CGA presses on ring the bell for you single men out here. Apparently there's a war waging and I knew nothing about it. Apparently here, the daily mail says all the single ladies, all the single ladies, put your hands up. It says right here, women are winning the real estate war as solo females own 13% of homes compared to just 10% of men. It says right here of bachelors in Delaware, women have the most property. Delaware women have the most property. As you can see here, apparently there was a war going on for property. New, 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 new world order. There's a war going on for condos and townhouses. <laughs> I had no idea. Apparently there's an incentive. <laughs> women are incentivized for buying homes as well. And some of them are going to get debt trapped and foreclosures and evictions are going to be litty in the next five to 10 years. This does n- I know this seems like they're bragging, but this is going to turn into another fat, massive L, similar to more women are going to college than men, but they got dumbass degrees, meaning that these women probably bought dumbass houses that they're not going to resell or keep up with the finances. More women are going to college than men, but they came out with the bulk of the student loan debt. This is not going to end well, but go ahead, Ninja, uh, rage on. If you want to co- claim this is a victory, Coach Adamas is here to let you know this is not going to be a victory now let me just put this caveat in here if does this include women who own homes through divorces does this include women who own homes through divorces or or what they call the great wealth transfer of the future which is uh inheritance from boomers women are going to inherit the inherit the bulk load of the boomers whatever the boomers are passing on so what are we talking about here? They're, they're really misleading you. I don't think they are telling the truth. They're not saying women are winning the war by buying homes. They say they just own more homes. This is, might be the result of divorce, might be as result of, um, you know, making dumb financial decisions, which they tend to do, and they brag about it only to be the victim later on. But the sad part about it is when there's equality, when there's lack of equality, but there's more men that are in favor, they don't find it to be a win. It's a loss. But when women claim the advantage, this is the, this is the sad part of feminism. When women get an advantage, they always brag about it. Now they got to brag about it. They're going, women are winning. Win- winning what? I thought we were trying to have an equality. <laughs> Where's the equality in this? And then they make it a war like we were doing, like we were competing. I wasn't competing about buying a house. When, when did I know we were competing men versus women on buying houses? So they make it a war. They make it a competition like we were paying attention. Then they say they're winning something where there's supposed to be equality. Like, how do you claim a victory when we're supposed to have equality? Well, there then is the tie-in. Women have never have been seeking equality. They've been seeking superiority. This is why we come down hard on the simps that do all they can to say women deserve it. And I say, no, they don't. Because once they get the advantage, you're going to find out that they're never going to want to relinquish it. This is the deal that people make with the devil. And in this situation, when the when, if they have a situation where they're going to lose some of these properties, 
then they're going to say it's unfair, and then your simp ass going to have to pay the simp tax. Everybody else is going to have to let, we're going to have to forgive the women owning house crisis. That's the next one in the next 10 years, just like the student loan debt. Um, What happened to the wage gap? If women are out here buying all this property, I thought there was a wage gap. Not only this, and we already knew it was a myth. And not only that, this is to also say, why do you need to own a property when you only going to be by yourself? (laughs) Right? So if you're a male, smartly enough, you might not be willing to own a property that you live in. It doesn't mean what it used to mean. So you can have and live off less instead of living by yourself with a three, four, five bedroom house. There's no point in that. So there's a lot to be said there. There's a lot to be said there, but I see they're trying to say there's a war, but there's no war. They're fighting the battle by all themselves trying to impress us and beat us at a game that we know smartly we don't want to play. You have more degrees than men, but you still got more debt. This is going to be an L. (laughs) This is going to be an L. What's going on with these competitive-ass women? They're always competing against guys. All right, body counts. Last one on Doom and Gloom CGA. What do you think, what country do you think has the highest amount of average sexual partners? What country do you think? Well, let's take a look. Hey, look at this. All right, let's take a look right here. The country with the average number of sexual partners by country here. Uh, The winner is Turkey. Turkey. Wow. Turkey, 14.5 sexual partners on average with Australia, gar, nar, Australia and New Zealand, mate, out here, they out there getting they bone on on those little islands. And yes, Australia is a mat, large island, but there's not that many people there. There's there's some people there, but they don't, they don't inhabit all of them. Some of these places, they are uninhabitable in Australia. So they're kind of crammed into certain places there. All right, uh, who else? Iceland. Oh, you know, Iceland has a major STI problem. And Iceland's a little small country again. South Africa, well, wear your condoms. 12.5. Finland, mm, sounds like a nice place to visit. Norway, I would take a trip over there too. Italy, Sweden, and Switzerland. It looks like America is somewhere in the middle. And let's fi- fi- figure out where the United States lands uh, in terms of sexual partners right here. The average amount of sexual partners in the United States is 10.7 with Canada tied for Canada. So there's North America. Uh, What's going on in Mexico? What's going on in Mexico? Where's Mexico? Where's Mexico? All right. They, where are they at? All right. I don't see Mexico on the list. Uh Oh, the gorditas over there. Oh, there it is. Nine, nine in Mexico. All right. So where do you rank? Where do you rank in terms of where's Israel, by the way? I'm not going to say what race, what people, we know I can't say that. All right. Oh, there's Israel, 10.6. So as you can see, a lot of Thailand, 10.6. So as you can see here, a lot of people will claim that there's utopia. The women are more traditional. They're better. And they're more, they're less promiscuous and they're feminine. As you can see, man, Ninja, it's a orgy smorgasbord over all across the world. Right. It's an orgy smorgasbord across the world right there. The North, man, shout out to the Scandinavians. Woo! They out there getting Viking blood passed around around there and STIs. But uh, United States comes somewhere in the middle with Thailand equalizing. So, so much for traditional Thailand men and women. Uh, let's see here. Okay, I'm not getting, I'm not getting, I guess that's it. All right, by the way, in the United States, it says right here, just so you can see, 
in the United States, people tend to lose their virginity at age 17 on average. 17. All right. 17 out there. So, uh, yeah, I don't want to hear ish about some of this stuff here. And uh, I would I would want to see the data between men and women. Obviously, the traditional mindset will take you or the conventional mindset would say, well, the women have a less of a body count, which is going to be false. It's going to be false. They have a higher body count than men, certainly 18 to 29. I mean, the data is out there to show it. 18 to 29, they definitely have a higher body count. And and they tend to have a higher body, meaning that they have higher amounts of sex with maybe less men. So let's just say they have less men. They have a body count of three. But that man been poking all over that woman and skeeting on her face too. And she been going right down the gullet. Oh, this is a family show. This is a family show. All right. Uh, anyway, is that doom and gloom CGA for today? It is doom and gloom and CGA for today. All right. All right. We back in here. Do me a favor. Hit that like button. How many people we got watching? Yeah, we almost at two. Oh, we are at a uh, little under 2,000 concurrent. We got a live stream on the Notorious CGA channel. We also have the Free Agent Lifestyle channel, Twitch, Twitter, Facebook, and Rumble all at the same time. Ninja, just I, we having an orgy on these platforms. Trying. CGA having an orgy at this hour on these platforms. <laughs> All at the same time. Ladies, come get that train yank. Train yank. All right, hit the like button. Shout out to our brother, Way G101 with the sponsorship. We'll give it to you. He says, been a while, coach, after doing deep inner work about survival mode and how it ruins or runs through generations, I've accepted and understood how my parents and others ended up the way they are. Now I'm enjoying my dream life unburdened by stress. That is not my own. Indeed, that is a healthy way to live. That is a healthy way to live. Understand the plights and the pains and the struggles that your relatives went through. Sometimes it is passed on to the child. And um, I'm one that broke away from my family. Meaning that, you know, I'm not saying my family was bad, but a lot of families are really broken people. They're traumatized. They've been through pain. And I did not want to inherit that. I wanted my own pain and struggle, right? Which we have to live. That's part of life. Nobody comes out unscathed and nobody survives. With that being said, I wanted to live the life of my own. And that's a smart way to live, way G101. Many of us inherit and live through for years and decades the struggle and pain and trauma of your parents, of your great-grandparents and your ancestors and so forth, and you don't have to do that. I've been preaching that in the blue-chip mindset. You don't have to do that shit. Fuck your ancestors. <laughs> right? Anyway, fuck your parents. Hey, man, if your parents ain't vibing, they don't pass the vibe test, ninja, get the fuck away from them, ninja. <laughs> All right? Choose peace. And you can love them from a distance. I can love your ass from over there. Break the cycle. Yep, you got to break the cycle. I'm not here to help my help the women in my community do a damn thing. Anyway, you got to do what you got to do out here. And this is what men used to do. Help, Guys, this is your one life. Save yourself. Shout out to our brother, Percy Holmes. Mr. Percy Earl Holmes. I got money. He says, for those of us who watched Blade Runner in 1982, when Harrison Ford called Sean Young 
And he said, and you see her during the call, we thought that was futuristic. Remember, touch-tone phones were fairly new then, in fact. In fact. So we, listen, us older people, we saw TV shows that we said, one day we'll have it. Well, that one day is here. It's here, Ninja. That one day is here. And that's you. That one day is here. So shout out to you right there. Let me check over here, and then we can continue with the day show. I already know I'm going to have to take a break. All right, the coffee kicking in. <laughs> the coffee is kicking in. All right, anyway, let's get back to it. Straggle and Sniggle Theater. Hey. With me, if you ride with me, you can slide with me if you feel like 550 on the five sticky. Come get high with me, that's a deal, right? What's wrong with my I, okay? Straggle Sniggle Theater. I was muted by my assistant, which is me. Straggle Sniggle Theater. Remember, I told you this. I put a tweet out and I said this. I said, never underestimate the amount of times that you've had a weird interaction, specifically with a woman. And that woman was zooted, high off coca, or drugs, or drunk, or high off uh, mental health medication. Remember I said that? I said, never underestimate the amount of times. And this goes for, like, let's say if you work at a grocery store and you had a weird act interaction with a customer. And you'd be like, they were weird. No, they were high off drugs. Yes, they were. They were high. Now, I said, never underestimate the amount of times that you cold approached a woman, that you went to a nightclub, that you was on a date, and that bitch was zooted. Zooted. That's where we came up with the zooted. And you'd be like, nah, coach, but they be zooted. Women be zooted way more often than you think. They be high as a kite, zooted, mental health meds, zooted, floating, eyes all dilated, acting weird, saying weird shit. Never underestimate the amount of times that that has happened in your life. And I would say it has happened probably five to 10 times in your dating life. In fact, they even say, they even say that, that every person has encountered a person that has committed homicide at least four times in their lives. I want you to think about this. At least four times in your life, you've encountered a person that has committed a homicide. Like you met them in public. You just haven't known it. With that being said, if you take my theory, five to 10 zooted women that you had an interaction with is fairly low. It's fairly low. With that being said, this woman is going to tell us. And as you can see, she would know uh, this woman right here, especially if you mess with white girls. But uh, that's neither here or there. All right. Um, here we go right here. I think becoming an adult is just realizing way more people do coke than you'd ever think. I'm not joking. It's like it's like an alarming amount of people do coke. And you're just supposed to act like it's normal. That's adulthood, I guess. Welcome to it. Listen. I think becoming an adult is... Just realizing way more people do coke than you'd ever think. I'm not joking. It's like, it's like an alarming amount of people do coke. And you're just supposed to act like it's normal. Yep, I'm telling you. And look at her eyes. Them definitely coca eyes. Them definitely coca eyes. This woman is definitely zooted on some S, what is it called? SRIs or SSRIs. She definitely zooted and booted. Take a look at her body. She didn't tattooed herself. Helter Skelter, she definitely a, uh, a, a base head. She definitely a dope fiend. And if you ever see these dispensaries, they lined up. They lined up of people out here getting high sedated. So that's the people you see doing marijuana, crystallized um, versions of it, right? Not even the authentic uh, seeds and sticks. They out here on that artificial dope. 
Now, when you click take the dope and you talk about how coca is one of the biggest industries out here, it's like pro wrestling and pornography. You might not admit that you know it's happening, but it's happening. Okay, coca is a industry that is highly, highly sold. And then you look at the amount of deaths on fentanyl and whatnot. This is a industry. This is a place where we got a lot of high ass people around here, and we talk about uh, the homelessness and mental health. But I've been saying for a long time, it's not mental health as you might think. A lot of these people are dope fiends. Dope fiends. It stems from dope and alcohol. And there's either effect. The dope started and then you went mental health or you went mental health and you started the dope. So it's a circular, what came first, the chicken or the egg? Ninja, it don't matter. <laughs> they all connected. And have you noticed the amount of places that have uh, drug addiction has gone down, but the amount of therapists that have gone up and you just willingly start taking these zooted pills, all right, because you's a dope fiend and she ain't lying because you's a dope fiend. So one dope, one drug deserves another and it's easy for you to jump from one drug to another to curb your addiction and claim your mental health. So stop with the bullshit. Stop the cap. Stop the cap. I'm going to tell you, man, this is a this is a issue that nobody really wants to address. Nobody really wants to address when if you get down to the bottom of it, it is mostly people are dope fiends. Where's all the crack fiends at? Where they at? They still here. They still here. But you walk by them and like, oh, look at these poor crackheads. All right. Look at these poor crackheads. They have mental health issues. That's why they homeless. They're not, they're not homeless because of that. They're homeless because they crackheads. That's why. <laughs> they're homeless because they crackheads. So it's wild as hell, but I'm telling you, man, look, the amount of mental health drugs and uh, that's putting push, these people are dope fiends. I don't know how to stop it, but I ain't stopping it, bitch, out here. <laughs> she is not lying. Guys, if you go on a date, highly like you, especially if you're dealing with the suburban chicks, they be up there zooted. They get high, they get high, I get high, high, high. Shout out to our brother just to know. I get high. How, dude, just take marijuana. Oh, it ain't a drug. Okay, all right, all right, all right. But just the amount of people who do it and be vaping, they be definitely snorting keys of coca <laughs> when you ain't looking. When you ain't looking. You ever see these people, they do that drug, and they be, they be leaning like this? They be leaning back. They be leaning back. When we were in New York, me and my son was in New York. We are in New York. People was leaning. Like, I can't even lean. I don't even have the flexibility they took a hit, and they were stopped in the middle of the street leaning. I was like, son, never do drugs. I said, never do drugs. They leaning. We used to call them, look, we used to walk by. They leaning. Pippin' leaning and feening. Them ninjas be like. <laughs> oh. Get it. Yo, it's crazy. I'm like, yo, these people out here mad wild. Just out here just leaning. I will never look at it the same. Shout out to uh, that woman for here for telling people that. What about the Apple? <laughs> Pro, you guys? What about the Apple goggles? Somebody asked me that. The new Vision Pro. Yes, it will be popping. This guy probably did a little too much Vision Pro when he got his Vision Pro glasses. Let's take a look. I am loving the new Apple Vision Pro, you guys. Um, here, I'll, I'll take it off. I can uh, put it down so you guys can see it. So check it out. I have been using this thing. Oh, no. Oh, the humanity. Oh, Lord. Um, oh. I have been using this guy 
nonstop. I have not left my room for oh, a couple days. Jesus. I've just been using it just hours on end. Uh, like, oh, oh. you're just you're just gonna love it. Oh no. <laughs> Oh, this ninja wins cause squashy. Oh, hey, when they find out, when y'all find out, y'all can clap cheeks on your apple goggles. Them sales gonna skyrocket. This ninja is mad. Hey, yo, chill, <laughs> hey, yo. This ninja wilder, yo. Tissue time with this ninja. Wow, he ain't left this house. I'm telling you, man. When you can get pornography on your, I'm pretty sure you can. But they gonna have apps, and I know people are like, no, 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 guys. What did they say? 30% of all, 30 to 50% of all internet traffic is pornography right now. 30 to 50% of all internet traffic right now is pornography. Like, think about it. All the internet that's internetting right now, worldwide, 30 to 50% of it is pornography. So, when these Apple glasses, Ninja's like, I ain't going to get no Apple glass. But then when you find out, that you can clap cheeks on your Apple glasses. Them scales going to skyrocket. Them ninjas going to be. You know, you don't have to zoom to Thailand. Shout out to our brother, zoom to Thailand. You don't have to zoom to Thailand. Ninja, you going to be having tissue time with your Apple goggles. That's what I'm going to call them. That's what I'm going to call them. It's going to be bad, bad, bad. The incels going to be going crazy, man. This going to be, you don't need no sex robot when you got your Apple goggles. It's going to be crazy. <laughs> this ninja said, I haven't left the room. Oh, this is a disgrace. I am loving the new Apple Vision Pro, you guys. Um, here, I'll, I'll take it off. I can uh, put it down so you guys can see it. So check it out. I have been using this thing. Uh, let's just a little bit. Um, I have been oh, using this guy nonstop. I have not left my room for a couple days. I've just been using it just hours oh, on no. end. Uh, like, oh, you're just... You're just going to love it. I am. Yeah, he going to love it. This ninja, man. Oh, man. No more game dating coaches. <laughs> dating coaches, y'all going to have a new angle. Y'all going to be like, you incels with the Apple goggles. That's what you're going to say. All right, what do we got here? We got a uh, plastic surgeon, one of these Botox queens right here. You can tell. Look at her. Look at this woman right here. Look at all the fillers on her face. She going to have craters. Her, her fillers are moving around. Yeah, never think, man. This woman's definitely in her 40s, 35, and she looks nice and tight. But don't let it, don't get it twisted, man. This is a sloppy yogurt. And she then got that face beat up. Take a look at that. That's the person right here. This is the, this is the nurse or whoever's injecting these women with these fillers. Look at her face. Mm, goodness. Well, it gets worse than that. Uh, let's see what type of damage she did to one of her clients here. Let's take a look. We got the Louis Vuitton bag. So you know this shit about to be crazy. Take a look at what in the... Oh, the humanity. Oh, no. What? This is a buzzer. Mm -hmm. Oh, no, man. She, she definitely a Middle Eastern. You know she a Persian. She got the fake titties, everything. Oh, man. I think you put too much. Mm -hmm. I think you went and did too much, Ninja. This is a disgrace. This definitely a Middle Eastern chick from Orange County. Trust me, I know. Trust me, I know. Now, this is, I think the swelling's supposed to go down. I think it's supposed to go down. This is some circus clown shit. Women don't like themselves, bro. They don't like themselves at all, man. I mean, you cannot do this to yourself and like yourself. I used to be in Orange County. Let me tell you, man. They be doing this shit, and they walk in the gym, and they act like you don't notice they got their face beat up. <laughs> it's crazy.
And no, it's not a filter. It's not a filter. Look, she got the fake titty. Look at those shits. Look like softball. She looked like she just got done with the surgery. Waist snatched. Oh, this is crazy. Ay, ay, ay. What are we doing? What are we doing to ourselves, man? Like, what are we doing? This too much. Body by, body by, body by doctor. <laughs> Somebody, that's definitely, uh, oh, man. Oh, man. And the, oh. And the hair extensions. We are reaching, man. Bring back the days of the natural woman. Where's the days of the natural women, man? We used to, we, we used to fiend over natural women. We used to see a woman, and she didn't have all that makeup and all this shit on her face. We used to be like, mm. remember back in the day? Who's old enough to remember a natural woman? Used to be like, mm, look at her. I like the way you comb your hair. I like the stylish clothes you wear. And she was just natural. Yeah, some of them were pretty. Some of them were pretty ugly. But we used to fiend over a natural girl. Now they out here just doing, they going too much. They doing too much. Oh. The sad part is y'all don't even notice how the doctor or the woman in the back, the surgeon woman or the woman who pressed the needle, you don't even notice how fucked up her face is. Like you think her face is normal and her face is beat up. <laughs> like, But the other woman is so messed up that she looks normal. This woman's face been beat up and paralyzed. This one right here. But she looks somewhat normal when the swelling goes down. But she's been, she had a rescue face rehab herself and everything. And then you'd be like, yeah, coach, they beautiful. They hot. I'd be like, man, they not really. (laughs) They not really. Yo, this is wild. Oh, my Lord. Oh, who's going to do this, man? I feel sorry for the future. Y'all not even going to know what a real woman looks like. And you can tell also, what do you what do you tell here? This woman doesn't have any extra hair around her scalp. This woman's well-kept. She got a definitely a rich husband. So you see this. She's a Middle Eastern woman. She is, she is hairless like a monkey, right? She's a hairless monkey. She's a hairless Siamese twin. Oh, man. Oh, the humanity. Strag on Snickle Theater. Ay, ay, ay. Yeah, we've jumped the shark. Uh, yeah, here's some more normie humor right here. My own home, my own home ATM machine. Take a look at this. There's a guy right here, husband. There's a woman here, wife, apparently. And uh, my own home ATM machine. Life could be a dream oh. if I could take you up oh. in power. Now I'm going to get a copyright. All right, so let's go ahead. Oh, uh, yeah. Some men love this shit. Yeah, there you go right there. Uh, Yeah. Uh, All men pay. All men pay. Yeah. This is sad. And uh, nobody's calling this tricking, huh? Is this simping? What, what do y'all call this? What do you call this? He's in love. Yeah. They call this love. They call this normal relationships. And everybody's in the comment section. Ha, ha, ha. So many damn likes. Ha, 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 ha. Look at this. I thought it was him for real. Okay, here we go right here. It could be a dream. Ha, ha, ha. The normies love it. Ha, ha. Stop putting my business in these streets. That's called snitching. Oh, oh, oh. oh that's Wallow. Okay, here we go right here. 
All right, here we go right here. Look at these normies. Oh, 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 oh. All right, where's Farlow? How, oh, oh. <laughs> It's called gumping. Uh, dudes like to definitely be dominated financially. They have it called it Fendom. Yeah, all men pay. I'm just an at-home ATM for my wife. She deserves the best. This is normal. It's normalized. All right, Straggle and Sniggle Theater. We got Percy Earl and the young, nice piece of calico behind him. And it's pay rent season out here. And uh, you young men don't know, these are what your girls are doing when you're not looking. So check out my old man over here, Fat CGA. Fat CGA in the building. Let's see what's oh, hey. going on here. Yeah. Hey, Mr. Earl. Oh. I thought that was you. God. Steve, let, let, let me call you back, Steve. Yeah. All right, I'm going to check it. All right. You are so well, unhappy to see me. Huh? You are so unhappy to see me. I'm on the phone. Why you, you always startle me when I'm on the phone? Yeah, Daddy. I work out. It's cold out here. You mean with your jacket? Well, when you get your energy. I you got money. <laughs> well, I don't eat pizza, so. Hey. <laughs> All yeah. right. All right, so guess what time it is. It's. Your rent's due, motherfucker. Rent's due. And that's a nice piece of calico right there. I definitely yeah, will fix that bind. I'm definitely fixing that bind. All right. I'm going to fix that bind right there. All right. She can, she can, she can run up on me whenever she wants. She done ran out of her dad, her parents' house to come see daddy. Get him, daddy. Yeah, she did. She's like, uh, you got some more of them clap cheeks today. I'm here to see you. She says she'll deliver it hot and ready like little Caesars. Woo. What did I tell you? I've been telling you. It's on delivery now, Ninja. We reaching a new day. <laughs> this going to be me right here. This going to be me right here in five years. I don't need to work out no more. I got to deliver hot and ready. Belly out. <laughs> hey, Mr. Earl. Oh. I thought that was you. God. Yeah. See, let, let, let me call you back to you. Yeah. <laughs> All right, I'm going to check it. Uh, Earl know what time it is. All right. <laughs> you are so happy to see me. Yeah. Oh, my Lord. Where's she at? Let me at her. <laughs> Let me at her. And all that hair weave. All right. Um, I'm definitely on. She definitely uh, going to get her binds fixed this weekend. Come come on down. Come on down. I'm at the house. She called me up. Hey, you at the home? Uh, Yeah, come on down. I'm at home. Okay, daddy. Yeah, she coming to get them binds fixed. What you need this week? <laughs> Send her back to her boyfriend, Pookie. SRT Pookie. All right. After I finish up, she get in the car with SRT Pookie and he drive all thinking that she ain't been touched on right here. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. Huh? You are so unhappy to see me. Cause I'm on the phone. Why you, you always startle me when I'm on the phone? Why is you jogging? I work out. Yeah, you ain't working out. out you ain't with your jacket. Well, when you get your energy going, you're hot and ready. Little Caesar. Oh, uh-oh, uh-oh, Ninja, what? Hot and ready. Yeah, that brother's starving. <laughs> Hot and ready like Little Caesars? Yeah, that brother's starving. All right, I know what you need. I know what you need tonight. You need a couple of, you need your rent paid. I know you need your. Your rent's due, motherfucker. <laughs> I don't even know who this woman is here. Uh, and she drives off with Glocktavius and, and Keandre at the end of it. She's like, I'm ready to deliver it, daddy. Get him, daddy. All right, wow. Is that Bow Wow's ex? I thought that, is that Sierra? She said, I'll deliver it hot and ready for you, daddy. Okay, daddy. 
Well, I don't eat pizza, so. Yeah, okay. He said, I ain't, yeah. You know what I mean? He's like, yeah, hey, I don't eat pizza. He's standing on business. He can't, he can't fix his every bind. He can't fix his every bind. And that's, I understand. He's like, I didn't already fix the bind early this afternoon with somebody else. <laughs> He's like, I can't, I can't fix this everybody's mind. And that's what's going to happen. These young girls is out here struggling and you can't fix this everybody's mind. So shout out to him. He's like, man, bitch, hey, are you crazy out here? I ain't got, I ain't got, he like, I'm old. You're going to have to schedule me. You can't just give me no impromptu fine fixing. You got to schedule with me. I don't eat no pizza. Standing on business. He ain't no trick, simp. Yes. All right, uh, what do we got here? Uh, I guess that's it. Oh, wait a minute. Straggle Sniggle Theater? Uh, yeah, that's it for Straggle Sniggle Theater. Let's go. Hey, ride with me if you ride with me. You can slide with me if you feel like 550 on the five sticky. Come get high with me. That's a deal, right? All right, all right. Let's get back to it. Do me a favor. Hit the like button. My computer just turned off on the other. My other screen just turned off. But I got to acknowledge the brothers. But do me a favor. I got to fix this another buying right quick, real quick. Hit the like button. Many women say they are finding it very hard to find a man who makes as much as they do. But the country's declining marriage rate is due to the lack of financially eligible bachelors. Researchers say they are seeing a trend of women dating down, which what? means, you dating know, a man down. who, <laughs> this is just the reality of it. So women, you know, we're more educated now. We're going to hold off on the baby making. We're going to hold off until we get that great job, really career driven. Mm -hmm. And I don't think there's anything wrong with hoping that there's someone either on your level or higher than you. So before, right, it was okay when the man made more money to be the one to buy everything, to do, you know, treat you and all this other kind of stuff. And now that you make more money, you can't be that one because you're dating down. Dating down. I hate that. What is that? If there's a responsibility that comes with making more money, accept it. You wanted to make more money. Right. You know, are you going to find many men out there that makes as much as you do? Extra I can do bad by myself. Left to say. All right, time now. 5-11. Let's go. All right, we back in here. Uh, let me get rid of, uh, yeah, what? Yeah, we don't need that no more. We don't need that no more. Let's put that away. Uh, anyway, let's get back to the show. Hit the like button. Let me acknowledge the contributors. Uh, I had to fix his, uh, I had to see if I knew where that girl was. Anybody know her name? Uh, shout out to Isaiah. Streets says, CGA, if mixed couples are more popular today, then why are white women still the least likely to date and marry outside their race? Well, numerically, I'm just going to say, numerically, I would say that there's just too many white women. <laughs> so white women are still least likely to date outside their race, but 60 some odd percent of 60 plus percent, almost 70% of American women are white. And yeah, I, and I would say of those white women, 80% of them will never date outside their race. They might take some salami. <laughs> yeah, I got the apple glasses. They might, they might, um, they might, um, they might take some Johnson from a ninja every now and then, but they never going to marry. I would say 85% across the board of anybody will stick within their race. So it's just too many white women. Right? They just make up too many of the available women in America. Then if you talk about where white people live, they didn't got up off the cities. 
So the likelihood that they're going to meet anybody of another race is slim to none. So it is what it is. You can't escape them. He said the numbers are too great. And uh, if you looked at it, if you looked at it, uh, if you take certain regions of America, there's just not that many other people in these regions. So that's what it is. That's how I, how, that's how I look at interracial dating. Most people, 85% of any race of people will never marry outside of their race. You will have a small percentage of people that will. And there's some white girls, if you think about white women, they'll never even kiss a black guy. There's a funny video. There's a funny video of a woman. It was, it's, and I was going to play it, but, you know, I get shared so many videos. I don't know whether to play them or not and where the context is, but this would have been good. And it was, a, it was a white girl. They were at an all-white party, and it was a black guy standing there. And he, she walks up to him, and she gives him a hug. And she's, like, holding on to him. And everybody's like, why are you hugging on him? And she said, oh, I'm sorry. I just never seen an N-word in real life. <laughs> I got to find that video. She said, I've never seen an N-word in real life. Let me see if I can find it. Uh, let me see here. White girl. Never seen the N-word. Never seen a it. Let me see here. N-word. And everybody was appalled. Like, it was all white people at the party. When she said it, she said it out loud. She was like, everybody was like, oh, I know you didn't say that. She was like, I've never seen a ninja in person. So if you think about where white people are, I can't find a video on YouTube. Somebody shared it with me, and I was like, I don't know where the, how to play this and fit it into my show. All right, but she literally said that, and everybody at that party was like, I know you didn't. All the white people were like, what? If you think about how whites live in America, they just don't be around other people. They don't. They live, they live out where they live. Wyoming, Colorado, uh, Idaho, <laughs> eastern Washington, the sticks in Oregon, places in central California, Places above Hayward, California, they just they just never see it. But anyway, yeah, it was crazy. Uh, anyway, I wish I found, I wish I had that video because everybody was shocked. There's just places where they never see you, even in even in like mid um midwestern towns, Pennsylvania and Wisconsin and Illinois, they never see ninjas. <laughs> they never see them. It's a reality. People don't, people don't understand it. They never see you. All right. Anyway, let me check up over here on the cash app. Okay. All right. Y'all didn't just be stingy today, but it's all good. Yep. Montana, Oregon, they never see you there. And if they do, and you happen to move there, you'll be one of few people. Um, Western Colorado, you talk about the Western Colorado, Alamosa, Gunnison, Grand Junction, there's not many ninjas there. I know people think ninjas are everywhere. I won't say ninjas. I know you think black folks are everywhere. I showed you the chart. They're not. They're not everywhere. And that one ninja want to show you the Pew Report. And if they are in a place, they're one of few. So you're talking about they never see you. <laughs> they never see you there. And you're kind of like an anomaly. And they don't know how to treat you. Trust me, I've been around these places. All right, anyway, what are we doing here? <laughs> Y'all, this is wild. This would be a good time to talk about my theory. How many people we got here? Do we want to trigger some pro-blacks? Press one in the chat if you want to trigger pro-blacks. That's a good transition. 
that's a good tr transition because we talk about the migrant crisis. I was going to tell you this story here, the migrant crisis. We're going to trigger some pro-blacks. How about we do that? Um, the migrant crisis is one of the things that we're experiencing today, and a lot of people don't realize historically we've experienced several immigrants and migrant crises that have changed the direction of our relationships and our relationships between people. Okay. But uh, what happens is we think these are new things. And some of the things that I hear from people about migrants seem very racist. And I said, you're going to remember this. If you think about how you're treating these new people coming across the border, whether they're hook and crooks, there are some criminal elements and there are some good people. But if you think about how these people are treated, you're going to wonder why you're going to look back and you're going to say, you're going to see why people treated certain people a certain way, 50, 70, 100, 200, 300 years ago. You're going to see why they treated you like that. And the current migrant crisis is essentially similar to the migrant crisis of the 1950s. The migrant crisis of the 1950s. In the 1950s, the previous migrant crisis that we had, migrant just listen to this, that our people are migrating from one area to the other was the African-American black Southern migrants migrating to the West Coast and into the Northern cities, which would be the Midwest currently and the, the Northeast. So a lot of Southern blacks migrated because of Jim Crow South and as a result of the mishandling of rec reconstruction migrated. And I've showed you this before. They've actually populated the cities and then they encouraged white flight when segregation, uh, when integration, forced integration, forced students to go to school with whites that were in this region for, you know, a generation or two or three. So that forced whites out to the suburbs, which gives us the suburban housewife and suburban lifestyle into the countries and the farms. Now, I want you to listen to this video. This video, you're going to hear some things that are similarly said about the current migrants coming across the border, coming into our United States of America. Now, I'm going to play this video here. This is a portion of a video called The Surprising Link Between Black Migration and Racial Segregation. I'm going to only play two sections of this video, but I want you to listen and see if you find any similarities between the things being said about the migrants from the South, which will be the African-American migrants into the West Coast, into the Northeast, in the Midwest, and the migrants coming across the borders today and then if you fast forward 25 to 30 years and you see these migrants are now going to be uh, accused of doing what these black migrants were doing in the 1950s. Let's go ahead and play the video. Those blacks born and bred in 19th century Chicago and living as small enclaves of blacks in an overwhelmingly white population had over time assimilated culturally to the norms of the surrounding society as other groups have in similar circumstances. The later massive migrations of Southern blacks to Chicago in the 20th century created acute polarization within the black community there. The Chicago Defender, a black newspaper, was highly critical of the newcomers for behavior that gave blacks in general a bad name. So were other blacks from the pre-existing black community there and in other northern cities, where both the existing black residents and the local black press denounced the new arrivals from the South as vulgar, rowdy, unwashed, and criminal. Well, well, let's go ahead and let's break this down. That's interesting, isn't it? I'm going to play it again in just case you missed it. They said there were blacks in Chicago 
that assimilated. And they said the new blacks coming from the South were what? Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Beating up police, starting riots, criminal, because the, the, many of the inner city riots that started as a result of the new blacks coming in and being mistreated by the police. And the, these people were saying they were called the same thing. Uh-oh, let me come back. Let me bring it back. Let me bring it back. <laughs> here we go right here. Let's bring it back. Just in case you missed it. I'm going to replay it. Listen. Listen. Listen again. They're saying in these areas that there were already blacks. They assimilated into the American culture prior to the migration. Then the migration happened, and they just described how they saw the new migrants coming in. Let me, let me see if y'all can pick it up again. This is the number of blacks in that city. Those blacks born and bred in 19th century Chicago and living as small enclaves of blacks in an overwhelmingly white population had over time assimilated culturally to the norms of the surrounding society, as other groups have in similar circumstances. The later massive migrations of southern blacks to Chicago in the 20th century created acute polarization within the black community there. The Chicago Defender, a black newspaper, was highly critical of the newcomers for behavior that gave blacks in general a bad name. So were other blacks from the pre-existing black community there and in other northern cities, where both the existing black residents and the local black press denounced the new arrivals from the South as vulgar, rowdy, unwashed, and criminal. Now, the pro-blacks are getting triggered. I, I love it. Let's trigger the pro-blacks. Look at them. You see them getting triggered? You see him getting triggered? It's different. Hey, anytime you say it's different, you're wrong. You're wrong. It's different. We was Americans. They never considered you Americans. They wasn't even giving you the legal right to vote. They was out here lynching you. They didn't consider you part of them. So these people have the right as well to come through. They're Americans now. And they're proving it. Ooh, y'all mad. They made these pro-blacks mad. It's different, though. Still the same. You're the only person that thinks it's different. <laughs> now, I'm going to play another one. They got triggered. I told you I was going to trigger them. I told you I was going to trigger them. Y'all mad. But don't be mad at me. Don't be mad at me. I'm just playing something that already existed. Don't be mad. They just got triggered. Look, look, they triggered. There's three natural. Look at them. Let's look them out. Let's point them out. Look, he triggered. Your argument is extremely false. I'm not making an argument. I'm showing you exactly. Look at they mad. Look at it. You see him right here? You see he mad? He's mad. I told you I was going to trigger them. <laughs> this video exists on YouTube. I'm just playing it. Look, you were not an American when you were not a legal citizen. Oh, he mad. <laughs> Do you guys know that still today, this exists? This thing exists today because... People from the West Coast think that Southern people are not intelligent, country bumpkin, and some people think that are from the Northeast don't think that Southerners are real Americans. You still have this going on right now. Ooh, they triggered. Don't be mad at me. <laughs> he said we was here first. Tell that to the Constitution. Yes. Don't get triggered, ninja, but hey, we triggering y'all ninjas. Let me play another one. <laughs> yeah. Ooh, y'all bad. They leaving. Hey, let me play another one. As these retrogressions set in, in northern cities, 
Black civic organizations, such as the Urban League, sought to assimilate the newcomers to existing norms of behavior, just as civic and religious organizations among the Irish and the Jews did earlier, in order to get Irish and Jewish immigrants assimilated to American cultural uh -oh. standards. The conclusion that the widespread retrogressions in racial opportunities open to blacks in northern cities in the early 20th century were Baltimore. a result of the massive migration of less acculturated southern blacks to uh -oh. those communities is reinforced by the history of the mass migration of southern blacks to the Pacific coast decades later. Oh, no. In the 1940s, during World War II, Industries producing military equipment and supplies on the Pacific coast attracted vast numbers of blacks and whites from the south. Henry Kaiser's huge shipyard in Richmond, California, alone employed more than 90,000 people, and there were similar war industries in other West Coast communities. As among northern cities in the 19th century, blacks were a very small percentage of the population on the Pacific coast before these mass migrations from the south mass migrations. and were correspondingly more acculturated to the behavioral norms of the surrounding society oh. than were southern blacks arriving there. Prior to the 1940s, racial discrimination was not on the same scale on the Pacific coast as in the south or as in northeastern cities after the great migrations there from the south. In San Francisco, black children went to schools that were not racially segregated, and the small black population lived in neighborhoods with whites, Chinese, and other races. The great migrations of blacks out of the South that reached the northeastern and midwestern cities around the time of the First World War reached the Pacific Coast decades later, during the Second World War. During the 1940s, more than four-fifths of the blacks who arrived in the San Francisco Bay Area shipyards came from the South. They mad. Usually the less educated Deep South. Oh, no. The new black arrivals were overwhelmingly more numerous than the existing black population. They mad. In Richmond, California, for example, there were only 270 black residents in 1940, but the Kaiser Industries brought in more than 10,000. The black population of Berkeley in the 1950 census was nearly four times what it had been in the 1940 census, before the United States was at war. Over that same span of time, the black population of Oakland rose to more than five times what it had been Oakland. before, Oakland. and that of San Francisco San rose Francisco. to approximately nine times its 1940 Listen. level. As in the Oakland, San Francisco. Now, what is going on with those cities right now? People think that this is new, but what happened was the new migrants from the South populated these series. White folks left and left it to be decayed because they said these new migrants don't want to immigrate or assimilate. We don't have to wear suits. We don't have to do what you say. And they said, we'll just leave you here in your urban decay. Have you ever heard of urban decay? Have you ever heard of white flight? That's what they're saying. They're saying, okay, y'all don't want to assimilate. Y'all came here. We're just going to leave. Is this exactly what's happening today? This is exactly what people are saying today. They said, we're just going to leave it to you. And then they say, why are you leaving us here and not helping us? I'm telling you, man, the, those cities are now abandoned. And then when they gentrify them, hey, man, this is a very, very interesting conversation. This is a very, very interesting conversation. Pro-blacks are irate. You're going to have all of your tap dancing and all of your shit 
But this is the same thing that's happening today. They're calling it migration over here. They're calling it migration over here. There's the black migration. There's a migration today. I also told you to pay attention that they're using the word migration. That is important fact. They're not calling them immigrants. They're saying these people are migrating. That's an important fact. You can be mad all you want, but your reality is your reality. It's right here, right here in your face. It's right here in your face. Shout out to Thomas Sowell. But you cannot deny this. You can say, well, we were American and these are not. You sound just as ignorant as the people who were so-called assimilating and didn't want you to migrate. You're the same. Don't be mad. You're the same ignorant person. If you think those people were ignorant, the people that were there, the blacks that were there that assimilated, that wore suits and with the church and had the Urban League and the NAACP, if you're saying these people are different, you're just as ignorant. If you think they're ignorant, by the way, you're just as ignorant. You sound the same. You're saying these people are coming here. They don't belong here. They're uneducated. They're filthy. They're criminals. You're saying the same thing. How do you not see that? How do you not see that? But y'all mad, mad, mad. It's deeper. Yeah, man. It is what it is. Yeah, he says, because uh, even uh, a lot of Jim Crow is BS. I wasn't there, so I ain't going to speak on it. I ain't going to speak on it. But y'all saying the exact same thing. I don't see how you don't see it, but you can be mad because a lot of people are mad. You're taking it personal. Don't take it personal. Look at it for what it is. Look at it for what it is. You are the same people. I'm not at all leaving. I told you I was going to trigger you. But that video sounds like the same thing you're saying today. They don't deserve to be here. They don't deserve to be taken care of. They don't, they're unclean. They're criminals. They're going to cause problems. They're going to beat up the police. Woo-wee. Oh, man. Let me get, <laughs> he said their country, their bumpkins, they're going to mess it up for us. And they cause the other people, we're just going to leave these cities. It's the same thing. Wow. You're just saying it's a different circumstance, but it's the same thing. I'm not pro-migration. I'm pro-hypocrisy. That's all I'm saying. All I'm saying is history often doesn't repeat itself, but it certainly does rhyme. It certainly does rhyme. When history rhymes, I like to point it out because I never try to be, I never, I never try to take a side. I try to take the side of truth. I never say, well, those are my people. If you look at it in the 1950s, there were people that were the same, but they were different. They were like, those people are different from me. And they called it out. So you had assimilated blacks and you had migrant blacks that never looked at themselves as the same. So what is the, what, who are your people? If those people said, those aren't my people. So I don't take a side on this one. I just showing the hypocrisy and the historical repeating or rhyming that we're seeing today. And we're seeing this in places. And by the way, you also asked for this and voted for this. So the same people who were triggered, you voted for this. You voted for these migrants to have an open border. And you're also complaining about these migrants coming in, taking your resources. I don't care about culturally. Yeah, they're culturally different, but I don't care how you see it. You're like, well, it's me. So it hurts my feelings. 
it's the same thing. You're saying the exact same thing that the other people were saying. They don't deserve to be here. Nobody, they, they're going to take our resources. They're going to try to assimilate. They're going to go to our schools. They're going to be in our schools with our kids. Woo wee. Good luck. So again, I think people are equally racist. I don't care if you are the, not the dominant culture or you're the oppressed culture. You're racist across the board. Everybody's a racist. <laughs> All right, everybody's a racist. Now, if you want to go ahead and pick your side because your people got pointed out as being a racist and you are a racist, sir, just admit you're a racist. And if you're the racist, you're here's the deal. If you're a black now in a city where there's migrants coming in, you're a dominant culture. You're no longer the oppressed or the suppressed. You are part of the dominant culture now. You are the assimilated to the new migrants. You're the assimilated to the new migrants. You're the Americans. You're the people keeping these people out. You're the racist. Y'all don't want to admit it. <laughs> Woo! I told you I was going to trigger you. Told you I was going to trigger you. You are now the racist. Look at yourself and look at yourself in the mirror. You're no longer the oppressed. The new oppressed is the new migrant. Because that's how they're going to feel about it. They're going to say, I deserve as much as a right to be here. I have as much as a right to be here as you. Oh, look, at even my supporters are mad. Hey, you can be mad. I just want to know you. You can be mad, but you're mad at something you can't change. It's the reality. So whether I'm right or you're whether I'm wrong and you're right, it doesn't change the reality. It's what's now the reality. You can be mad. But it's the reality. Oh, you're mad. Woo wee. And I love that you're mad. I told you I was going to trigger you. You can think I'm wrong, but I'm literally right. I'm always going to be right because I'm always going to say what's the truth. You're trying to say you're the victim, but there's no more black victims anymore. You've been here. You are now the dominant culture. <laughs> and you're now trying to keep a group of people out based on racism. Triggered. Triggered. And if you stop donating and unsubscribe, please, I welcome you. But the reality is the reality. It's the truth. Whether it should be. Remember, I don't speak on what should be. I speak on what is. And that's a fact. It's an absolute fact. Facts over feelings. I only deal with facts over here on this show. I don't deal what should be or what could be. I deal what what is. You're going to be look like a racist and you voted for it. Congratulations, you played yourself. You played yourself. You voted for that shit and you're getting your double dose of reality. Good luck. Good luck out here. <laughs> Woo, they mad, mad, mad. Woo, wee. I don't want to hear shit about no more victim shit because, guys, the new migrants ain't going to hear it. And that's what it is. They big mad. Oh, no reparations either, y'all. It's too late for all that. Remember, I'm here for the truth. I'm just going to tell you what the truth is. Shout out to Covey Killer. He says, no ninjas round. He said, no ninjas around must be heaven. He says, ha ha, the pro-black sour and unwashed. <laughs> that's what they said. They called him that. 
By the way, there's a group of people that came in from the South that said, we're not going to assimilate. Guys, they're still saying that today. They're saying that today. The argument between the black communities are, should you assimilate to American culture and not? No, we have our own culture. Where did that come from? They just told you where it came from. Somebody says blacks were not illegal. Yes. You guys are trying to call illegal. They're migrants by definition of the party you voted in. They belong here. You voted for that. They're not illegal. <laughs> this word you don't, uh, they're illegal in, only in your mind. According to the current administration, they belong here. They're legal. Now, you were also not welcomed when you were migrating your people. Still stick on that. Ooh, they happy. They mad. They mad. They're not, my, they're not illegal. That's according to the people you voted in. They're legal. Mm-mm-mm. <laughs> I love that y'all triggered on this one. You're trying to convince me to change something I can't change. This is our new reality. Ooh, why y'all mad? He said they are illegal. Tell me where. Show, hold on for a second. <laughs> so right now they're being fed. They're being given. They're giving. They're giving money. Citizenship. Citizenship. Some of them are going to vote. Some of them are even going to be fighting in the military. That's illegal? Is that happening or you're saying that it's, you want it to be illegal? They ain't going back, bro. They're not going back. They're here. They're here to stay. They're not going back. They're getting some of your money. Don't try to convince me they're illegal. They're, they're already showing you that they're not. They're being treated like they're here. They're being checked in and moving into your neighborhood and taking over Roxbury. Don't try to convince me. They're giving, being given debit cards in New York. They're giving $1,000 a month. You're telling me? Don't try to convince me. <laughs> oh, my goodness. I've triggered them. Welcome to your new reality. They're in luxury hotels getting three hots in a cot. And you're trying to convince me. I can't change the law. You voted for it. You voted this in. Welcome to your new world. Woo! New, 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 new world order. Mm-mm-mm. Yeah. Hey, I didn't vote it in. Caitlin says, what's up, coach? The botch, Botox, job. What's scary as F, women are so insecure, they'll uh, do the stupidest things just to think they'll have an advantage. In fact, in fact, we only deal with what's factual here. And no, you're not changing it. And so Pro Services says, great history lesson. <laughs> All right, shout out to Principi. He says, what did he say? He says, new segment, trigger the pro-blacks. Indeed. And they'll never see it because they want to be perpetual victims. He says, these pro-blacks better learn Spanish. That's who you're going to be going to school with. Your kids are going to be going to school with these new migrants. These kids are going to be going to school with these new migrants and they're going to be in your school district pronto, like tomorrow. Next school year, your neighborhood are going to have an influx of migrant students. 
just like the integration of the Southern black students into the white schools that made the white people leave. Yes, it's going to happen. (laughs) Y'all mad, but hey, you better be ready for it. Truth hurts. Shout out to Stephen Russell says the truth hurts. You better teach your kids Spanish and Chinese. Remember, I used to say this, and this is becoming ever so true. You better learn Mandarin. By the way, my numbers were up to 1900 on the Free Agent Lifestyle channel about 10 seconds ago, and it is now down to 1700. They're playing with my numbers. They're playing with my numbers. But I told you, you better start learning Mandarin. Who remembers me saying that? I said that maybe three years ago. You better start learning Mandarin. Yes. And this is becoming a reality now. Whether you like me or not, whether you believe me or not, I only going to tell you what's going to happen to you. That's all. I don't mean no harm. I'm not picking a side. I'm not picking a side. I'm just letting you know what is. I'm giving you a peek into your future. You're not going to be able to fight this. (laughs) You're not going to be able to fight this. I said that in 2001. I said, you better start learning Mandarin and Cantonese, and now we're here. So do what you got to do out here. They leaving, all the pro-blacks leaving. But you're only leaving your own reality. All right, shout out to uh, St. Emmett Trill. That argument used is flawed. The blacks coming from the South were citizens. The border issue was about naturalized citizens, citizens, naturalization status. Man, tell that to the judge. Tell it to the judge. Look at all these pro-blacks leaving. You guys like when I talk about these women, and you always think I'm wrong when I talk about this, but look at your reality. The border issue is not, not going to be about natural naturalization. It's not right now. Mm. Mm. Shout out to local uh, logical mindset. You always doubt me. Why do you guys doubt me? Why do you guys doubt me? I'm here to tell you the truth. <laughs> That's all I'm here to tell you. I'm not here to argue. This is your new reality. You asked for this. They, look for it. Oh, look at my numbers back up. Guys, I'm only here to tell you the truth. I'm not here to change the world. I'm not here to change the law. I'm here to tell you, change the laws in your mind. This is your new reality. Live with it. Don't be mad at me. (laughs) I'm not here to pick a side. I'm not pro-black. I'm not anti-black. I'm not a thug, a pookie. I'm just CGA. But they always jump down my throat when I'm hitting y'all with that. Y'all getting this reality whether you fight it or not. You voted for this. They censoring me bad. Ooh, y'all mad. I haven't missed yet. Again, I'm not here to argue you. I'm here to just tell you what's going to happen to you based on patterns of human behavior. And I want to show a mirror to not only women, but to you. Put that mirror up in the face. You're a racist. (laughs) Just admit that you're a racist. Now you're going to, oh, by the way, you're going to be perceived as a racist right now, which you're talking. Mm -mm -mm. Look at my numbers just jumping up like crazy. 
Anyway. <laughs> All right. Anyway, Logical Mind says, when I lived in Chile and Peru, I had several women tell me that they were just as American as me. It's just that they were from South America and I'm from North America. <sighs> Hence, they are migrants from that perspective. Guys got to listen. You guys got to listen. So if you think about it, if even Mexicans are from North America, by the way, these borders were just created not even 100 years ago. They're like, we from America. They're going to say my people were from here. This was our land. Doesn't this sound familiar? So just because you don't think they're a citizen, they're like, this land belongs to us too. So we're not immigrants. We're not illegal. Mm, Y'all got a problem, man. Y'all got a problem. Shout out to Stephen Russell says the truth hurts. The regular dude says, I don't want to admit it, but um, us not wanting them here is just like the little mustache man not wanting the you-know-who's here. And Trump is the little mustache man. But yeah, I mean, it's, a situ it's essentially similar situations. Okay. Shout out to the contractor says they don't want to assimilate the culture, but they collect welfare for sure. Again, that's the paradox of the, People who don't want to assimilate. It's a, I don't want to assimilate, but help me. All right. Face Fact says, anybody that is triggered by CGA, take it up with your mammy. That's your real oppressor. Facts. And I'm not pressing nobody here. And I'm telling you, I'm not choosing a side on this one. I'm not. I'm just trying to stay as neutral as I possibly can. But I'm also telling you, you're not going to stop this. It is what it is. Oh, I warned you that this was going to happen too. Justin O says the black, uh, I, I'm going to say um, the bourgeoisie denounced Southern blacks because they knew it would hurt their status due to non-assimilation. Now they are mad that other people are receiving their social programs, hypocrites. That's what it's about because th that's what it's about. The new people are coming in assuming the new, the, the, the social programs that the previous people migrated into. Migrated into. And now they're the new migrants are taking those dollars. Such as the 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 former migrants are saying these are our dollars. It's going to make for a interesting conversation here. And it's going to cause a lot of discomfort over the next 20 to 50 years. If you're in the city, this is your new reality. You're you're going to have to deal with this whether you fight it or not. By the way, if you go to a migrant today and tell them they don't belong here, that's just as similar as some other migrants being told they don't belong here. You're the new racist, <laughs> right? I'm not calling you the racist. They're going to call you the racist. Shout out to Stephen Russell says new people are the black replacements. In fact, in fact. The contractor, if you uh, minorities want it to be scared, in 30 years, 50% of the U.S. will be Hispanic. In fact, this is an actual fact. All right. Anyway, let me get to the rest of them. Justice O's, you're being replaced pro-blacks, and there is nothing you can do about it. The first step of grieving is acceptance. Ninja, that's the last step at this point. Before they get to acceptance, they're going to fight. Lurker says, y'all, where y'all pro-blacks at? Reality done. Wait, uh, he says, y'all reality done. Where y'all pro blacks at? Y'all reality is done. It's done. It's a wrap. It's a wrap for that shit. JT, 
the chauvinist says, oh, great coach Stradamus, will the U.S. have an election in November 2024? Probably. It could be not. No, it could be delayed. It could be delayed. The Mighty Bull says America today, Chinese tomorrow. I just want to be rich, says CGS, correct? Blacks are being exterminated by Joe Biden's open border in 20 to 30 years. I don't know what, I don't know what you want to do about this, but it's happening. I actually said it was going to happen, and it's happening. Um, if you want to take the opinion of that um, it shouldn't happen, well, what are you going to do about it? That's my answer. I don't think you have an answer for it. And y'all still going to vote Democrat. You're still going to vote Democrat in November. Whether you like it or not, you're still going to do it. And by the way, majority of it are going to be black women are going to vote for their own demise. MC Hamster voted for student loan debt relief, got millions of dollars to migrants. I actually showed you this. I said that most of the black women who voted for this we're voting solely on student loan debt relief. I think they said 30 to 40% of female voters voted specifically for this administration who has opened the border. They voted solely for student loan debt relief. No other issue. No other issue. And here's your reality. This is what you get for voting to try to fix your bind. Oh, did you get the student loan debt relief? Nope. No, you didn't. Shout out to Samson says, yep. The path to citizenship with police and military service undocumented already being issued driver license and social security cards. And you want to tell me they're illegal? By the way, they actually have a clip that I was going to show you. you. They can become citizenship through police agencies and military service. The current migrants can get their path to citizenship through military service and serving as police officers. Right now, some of them are getting driver's licenses and rights to votes. Right now, they're getting, they're getting the money. You can't stop it anymore. You can vote Trump in potentially and slow it down, but the damage is done. The damage is done, meaning that we've let 6 to 10 million migrants in already the damage is done if they get voted in again they're gonna net in double and triple in 20 to 30 years this could turn into 50 to 100 million people in 50 years at this point good luck with debating there's no debate anymore <laughs> right the debate time is over so you're wasting your breath trying to convince me you don't have to convince me. Your reality is here. Enjoy it. Enjoy it. <laughs> your re welcome to the new Negroes. Welcome to the new migrants. Your reality is here. Ain't no debate. <laughs> Ring the bell on y'all ninjas. But I actually told you this was going to happen four or five years ago, but you didn't listen. Your cities, learn Mandarin in Spanish. If you, live in, if you live in New York City, learn Mandarin in Spanish. It's a wrap. There's no debate. <laughs> They're just trying to debate me. It's different. Tell that to migrants. This is the, this is the other problem you're going to have, and I told you you're going to have this problem. Migrants don't give a get. They don't care. 
Migrants don't care. Go to a migrant now and tell them the difference between black migration and their migration. They're going to look at you silly. (laughs) They're going to look at you like you're dumb. You know why? It doesn't matter to them. I said that four four years ago. It's not going to matter. Ask Chinese people. Ask the new Chinese people about migration from the blacks being different than theirs. They're going to look at you stupid. If they take over, and they will in 150 years, and you go and say, I'm glad you got rid of the white man. Now, Chinese man, we can link up together, and we can take over and get the white man out of here. They're not going to care. That conversation will go right over their head. They're not going to give a fuck about Jim Crow and difference between assimilated Negroes and country Negroes. They're not going to care about what you think. They're coming here to get theirs, and they're not going to care about American history. They don't give a fuck. I'm just letting you know. (laughs) They don't care. So you're going to try to talk out of it, and they're not going to give a damn. They're going to look at you blank. Trust me, this is it. This is, this is your reality. So you're trying to tell me the difference about something. Tell them and see if they care. They don't. By the way, 6 to 10 million have come across that border. They don't give a rat's ass <laughs> about what the difference is about them and you. Mm-mm-mm. So don't tell it to me. You preach it to the choir. How about you tell them and see what they feel about it? Yes, I have to hit you all over the head sometimes because really this is an important message for men. This is not off key here because I've talked about this being your reality. You guys didn't see it. You can only see something when it's in your face. And then you think you got time to negotiate with the barbarian. I warned you the barbarian was at the gate. You men didn't man up. You men did not man up. Now that you see it, you want to tell me the difference. The barbarian is here, sir. You can't negotiate with me anymore. I don't have any skin in this game. I've already excommunicated myself. I've been shadow banned and excommunicated from this conversation. I'm out of it. I can't help you anymore. I'm no longer going to side with the losing team. You lost. And I hate to tell you, you lost this one. You're not coming back from this, so you better save yourself. If you think you're going to save your entire group of people, you got to deal with the fact that your group is splintered. You lost. You lost the war in the 1600s. You lost this one in 2020. You lost. The barbarian is here. Adapt or die. (laughs) There's no getting over. There's no overcoming this. You fucked up. You screwed the pooch. Because you didn't met you. The Trojan horse is here. The barbarian is wrecking shop. Ain't no need to try to convince me. It's too late. <laughs> it's too late. Save yourself. Take this message, man. I'm telling you, write this down. <laughs> you try to convince me it's done. The damage is done. Anyway, <laughs> here we go right here. If we got a new America and it will be new. You're not fighting it now, ninja. Don't fight it now. Here we go. He said, I want to be white. Dude, there is no white. 
<laughs> there is no white. You think this is a white perspective? Even white people are looking at me like, what? White people, you lost. Okay, should I say it like this so you know? This ain't even a white perspective. White folks, you lost. Does that make you happier? White people lost too. <laughs> what the fuck are you talking about? You think the blacks just lost? White, white folks, y'all lost. Does that make you happier? I don't have a side. White folks lost. They lost their whole shit on this one. Now, they're going to be better off than black people. I'm going to let you know that. But white folks lost this shit too. They the ones complaining the loudest. But y'all lost it too. Good luck. <laughs> you th- you acting like you acting like I, I, th- this is a this is a, a white perspective. They lost too. The hell? He said I lost. Ninja, I done saved myself. <laughs> I saved myself. Save yourself. Save yourself. <laughs> At the rate whites are procreating, they lost. They're only procreating at a no. They're not even procreating at replacement levels at this point. They lost. There is only for so far they gonna hide. So anyway, this don't have nothing to do with white and black at this point. But I will tell you, the ninjas are always gonna feel it first. Black folks are always gonna feel it first, and you're gonna be the one getting the barbarian hatchet before white folks. So you better listen up fast. You're going to get the barbarian hatchet before white folks get it. <laughs> Here we go. <laughs> Trust me, man. I'm CGA. I'm telling you what the truth is. Oh, my Lord. I'm telling you what the truth is. There's only going to be the, the upper middle class are going to be the people who protect themselves. That's it. Everybody else, you're vulnerable. And this is a message for men. You better figure out where to pick your sides. You want to pick the losing team? Stay on the losing team. (laughs) All right, anyway, good Lord. Men out here are some weak-ass ninjas, for real. Y'all some weak-ass ninjas. Y'all don't even know when y'all lost a war. (laughs) Anyway, truth hurts. All right, y'all, anyway. Save yourselves. You're not going to be able to save this. Anyway, let's get back into it. Oh, but, and, and another reason, I, I, I need to stay on this. When I lived in the South Bay, Southern California, anybody from the South Bay? Um, when I went to high school, I went to a high school called Hawthorne High School. Hawthorne High School had a predominantly white community. And it was like that up until the 80s before white people started leaving for the valley and Orange County. But it was a coastal community. In fact, my high school in the, I started that high school in 1989. That high school had, um, in 1989, it had, a, it had a lot of black and Latinos coming into the high school. But Hawthorne High School used to be where the Beach Boys went to high school 20 years prior. 20 years prior, the Beach Boys went to the high school that I went to that was considered a dangerous high school by the time I showed up. So think about this. From 1960 to 1980, 20 years, the school was predominantly white, 
but you didn't see white people. You saw Latinos, Samoans, and Latinos and blacks. You saw that was the majority. White people hid and they increasingly started to leave this area by the mid to late 80s. Mid to late 80s, they started to flee and go to the valley and to Orange County. They got the fuck out of there because what happened? It was right next door to Inglewood. You had an increasing amount of Latinos. Blacks started moving into this area. And by the time you got to Hawthorne High, it was majority. It was white. Statistically, it was like 50% white. But then you had some blacks and Latinos. Now, today, that school is overwhelmingly black and Latino. 20 years later, overwhelmingly, there's not very many whites that go to that school. And that's in another 20 years. So in 40 years, you saw a dynamic shift from beach boys to basically a dangerous school. That's how fast it can change. That's how fast it can change, like that fast. With that being said, do you know where most of the racial strife came from? And that was when I was in school in 1989. Do you think it was the blacks versus the whites? Or do you think it was the blacks and the Latinos that had the most strife, that had the most agitation? Remember, the school was like 50% white at that particular point. But you didn't see them. The basketball team was all black. The track team was all black. The football team was all black. Some more and Latinos. You didn't see white folks. White folks went to school and they left. Do you know where most of the strife was? It was not blacks versus whites. It was not Latinos versus whites. Even being the minority at the time, it was blacks versus Latinos. And I want you to listen. I want you to listen. It was blacks versus Latinos. Even with the majority, slight majority white. It was blacks versus Latinos. And I want you to know that that's what it's going to be. I know this. I've experienced it. Latinos are not going to come in and unite with black people and get rid of the whiteies. They're not. That's a pipe dream. Every now and then it was the Pacific Islanders, Samoans versus the Latinos. If the fight is going to happen, it's going to be blacks versus the immigrants or the migrants. It is not going to be both of you guys combining together and getting rid of whitey. It ain't going to happen. And it's still like that to this day. It's still like this. I've seen this happen, and you guys are thinking something else is going to happen, and it's not. It's going to be blacks and Latinos or blacks and migrants. That's where the fight's going to be first. Then they'll get to the whiteys, all right? But they're only, that's how it's going to happen, all right? And that was in the 90s. And it's still like that at all of these schools, Inglewood, Artesia, uh, Hawthorne, Luzinger. It's like that now. So don't think that they're going to come here and side with you and see your strife and see where you, where you, uh, oh, poor black people, they were, they were disenfranchised. They don't believe that. Ask Latinos. They don't believe blacks were, dis- not a majority of them believe that blacks got an unfair treatment in America. They see you as, they need to get around you. They need to get around and away from you. That's, the, that's how they work. So they're going to get over you first. 
They're going to get around you first. They're going to step on top of your head first. They're not going to hang with you and say, let me hear your history and see where you've been oppressed over 400 years. They look at you like you fucked up, right? They're like, hey, y'all going to take the L before we do. It's the reality. I know this, what it is, and it's not going to change. So they see you as you lazy. You, you are par- that, That's how they're going to see you. They're not going to listen to your 400 years of slavery and Malcolm X. They're not going to read Malcolm X books. They're going to read uh, Cesar Chavez books. And they don't believe it. Not even Africans believe it. So just, just so y'all know, and a lot of Southern blacks haven't dealt with this over an extensive amount of time. They're going to just outwork you. They're going to take your jobs. They're going to not let you date their daughters. They're going to move into your areas. They're going to fill it up real fast. They're going to procreate three, four, and five children per family living in one house, driving one car. 20, 30 years later, they will be the majority. And they will push you out. I'm just letting you know that's how it's going to work. You can deny me if you want. (laughs) Anyway, you can deny me if you want. You can wish and hope and dream. I'm just telling you. They don't see your plight as their plight. At all. And neither will the Chinese and neither will the Africans and neither will the Nigerians. Neither will the Middle Easterns. Whoever the fuck coming over here will never do it. Anyway, let me catch up with these super chats. I lived it and I know it. Them Rachero poppies <laughs> don't see your struggle. Trust me, they don't see it and they don't care. All right, anyway, Jerome McAdams says, let's take a five-minute break. Let's take a five-minute break. Shout out to Brown 310. Dems giving uh, Dems giving away all your money to migrants. Facts. Facts. Shout out to Tarah McAdams says, Babble or dual lingo, take your pick, Ninja. Take your pick. And you're going to be like, y'all need to speak English. <laughs> they don't care. I'm telling you, man, it's going to be a rude awakening for you. And um, I know this because I grew up multiculturally. I've seen this happen. Uh, the The Koreans... In um, the L.A. riots, they didn't team up. They was ready to shoot black people on the top of a roof. You ever heard of rooftop Koreans during the L.A. riots? They was looking to shoot Latinos and ninjas. They wasn't trying to take out Whitey because Rodney King got beat and the police got off. I've seen way too much. All right, anyway. Shout out to Amaraku Nation says, CGA, you're right. Blacks voted for this. It's hard to hear. But to be fair, you left the communita. A hard pill indeed for those who voted. Negro vote for those for things that don't benefit them. He says, Yah is the Negro only savior. And he says, sorry, Yah is the Negro's only savior, not Jesus Christos, not Chiste. Y'all better get right with somebody. Right, you better get right with somebody, but yeah, I think what happens is, and of course, it's too late now to turn back. We told y'all ninjas what y'all was gonna get. All right, anyway, getting back to it here. Somebody said these are the streams that are important. Yeah, 
And notice when I talk about this, people get really uncomfortable, and but rightly so. You can't not deny what's about to happen to you. And I'm not here to stop it. <laughs> right, anyway. But I want to see the gorditas come through. They're going to be gorditas in here for me, matter of fact. When all you want to do is have fun, but your girl won't let you. Here we go. Yeah, this is y'all Negroes. Y'all better get down. Talk about assimilation. Y'all better get down with the party over here. <laughs> get down with the party. This y'all right here. This need to be y'all when them when they come over here. And they oh, but when they come over here, they bring in their Mexican flags too. And they bring in the uh Honduras flags and their Guatemalan flags. They gonna be ride or die. If you know Latino culture, they don't assimilate that easy. They be ride or die. Don't let a soccer game come. And this is where the black women are like, nah, ninjas, you can't assimilate. <laughs> this gonna be me right here. Yep, yep. I'm in there learning Spanish. They're going to be ride or die. Just wait till a, a, a Chivas versus L.A. football club game pop off. Them ninjas going to come out, ride or die. <laughs> ninjas, this y'all new reality right here. Oh, the black woman won't let you, though. The sister won't let you. Yeah, look. Hey, y'all better learn. <laughs> Get you a gordita for the weekend. They know how to party. Get that, hey, know what Cinco de Mayo is? All of that. May 5th, Ninja. May 5th. <laughs> Get you a Gordita, Ninja. Hey, uh-oh, where the sister? Why the sister got to break up and we can't have no fun? Let me have some fun. Let me have some fun. Yeah, Ninja. <laughs> oh, yeah. You better learn. Yeah, buddy. Uh-huh. Anyway. I'm good, Ninja. Hey, let me know. Where the party at? Fiesta, Fiesta. Siesta, Siesta. <laughs> yeah. Hey. Hey. Yeah. Look at him out there. Yeah. That's y'all's new reality, Ninja. Everywhere. Oh, and at the rate they procreate. Y'all, it's a wrap. They, you cannot procreate them. They be having babies on babies. Babies on babies. They don't believe in that feminism stuff. They're not coming over here with that feminism. Now, they'll eventually integrate into it. But they come over here, they're going to have babies. <laughs> they're going to have some babies. Five to your one. Five babies to your one. They're going to outpopulate you in 25 years. Whew. Mm-mm-mm. All on your dime. All on your taxpayer's dime, too. They got y'all ninjas by the balls. I'm about to give me a Gordita. I'm about to put me some... I'm about to make me some half Gordita babies. All right, let me get back to the show. Because y'all mad. All right, Pro Blacks, I told you y'all was going to be triggered. <laughs> right, anyway, let's get back into it. They love the struggle. Y'all did just love the struggle. Here we go. Yeah, 10 years. Five babies. How many How many babies you have? Y'all be having one or two babies. They got five babies just like that. Boom. One woman, five babies. Then you multiply that by the numbers. Five million, two million. It's a wrap, ninja. Mm. They just going to out-procreate you. White folks, y'all too. Y'all be having 1.6 babies. 100%. Let's get to it right here. Y'all love the struggle right here. Now Let's get back and get the pro-blacks back. 
It, I know you lying. Mom. I know you fucking lying. That card didn't decline on you, did it? In front of all of them people. Not all them folks. Mom, it's basically picking groceries at that line. What am I supposed to do? Hell, what you told them? Oh, my Lord, y'all. That card didn't decline. Just $16. That card? Huh? All right, so what do we have here? We have a mother that has sent a teenage daughter into the Dollar General with a debit card that she probably knew was going to decline. And because of her embarrassment, this is what's going to tell you why y'all going to be behind. Let you get it through your thick skull that I'm broke. All right. Dead, flat, stony, broke. I've got $3.85 in so my purse. And so the teenage daughter got to go in there and get embarrassed with a debit card that the mother definitely knew was going to decline. And the mother's in a bind for sure. She's in a bind. So now bind you want an advantage, you better get a financial advantage. And so here we go right here. Here we go right here. Uh, this young woman here has got to live with a straggle mother. She looks like a mulatto. Oh, um, uh, the mother sounds black. Oh, my God, y'all. We broke. Oh, we broke. Are we broke? Yes. Uh -huh. We broke? Yes, you're broke. A little bit. We broke? A little bit. Oh, we broke. Oh, my God. Yeah. Don't have a nervous breakdown, baby. There we go. It's going to be all right. Tomorrow is a better day. Tomorrow going to be a new day. Yeah. We'll have some money tomorrow. Well, oh, we, boy, she in a bind out here. I'm in a bind now. And of course, we know where this young lady's definitely headed in the future, the near future. In these streets. All right. Uh, she's not ready yet, but. What you going to do about the damn groceries? What you going to do about them groceries? Well, we already know what's happening. Fix is buying LLC is going to be open for business in relatively short order for that young lady. And she has no other choice. She has no other choice. Mama put her in this situation. Where's the dad? Where's the dad? And, of course, why is she embarrassing this young woman? I can't wait to see what the end of this video is. Uh, here we go. Oh, and they're not me. Hell, you, you left them to the counter, didn't you? I did. You, finna you go ain't going to go back in there and get them? You oh. have to go in there and tell the people that My you bad. broke, not me. Hell, we broke. We a team. We? We? We not broke. What you going to do about the damn groceries? What you going to do about them groceries? Oh, no. Where's daddy at? I got money. Oh, man. Oh, boy. This woman ain't going to hang around in this struggle with her mammy for very long, unfortunately. Mammy chose to struggle, and this woman is not going to be struggling very long. I'm going to just let you know right now. Okay, she ain't going to be struggling very long. You finna go in there, not me? Exactly. Hell, you, you left him to the counter, did you? I did. You, finna you go ain't gonna go back in there and get him? Nope. You gotta go in there and tell the people that you broke, not me. Hell, we broke. We a team. You broke, bro. Now, why she embarrassed this kid like this? This young lady. You broke, but it's okay. Keep your groceries. Don't tell him. I ain't going in there. That's embarrassing, mom. I exactly. And she, she like, mama, you broke. And where's the child support money at? Where's the child support? Where's the child support at? But, guys, this is the natural struggle that you guys choose to be in. Then you think the migrants are going to be here struggling with you. They're not. No, that's why I ain't going in like, there. I've been at work all day and we broke. You ain't made no money? Not nothing. She didn't make no money yet. All right, unfortunately, I think she, never mind. No. Come on, mom. You was embarrassed. What you, what you told him? Okay, don't worry about it. Of course, we're not rough. Let me try it again. Oh, man. This is sad. This is sad, bro. Sad. 
But y'all think y'all got a counter argument to the migrant crisis. Good luck. And you put your kids in the situation. Child, y'all still fighting over child support and 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 uh, putting your kids in best situation as you can. You're not fighting this. And now we're embarrassing the kid. Good luck. Put it up there. Um, sorry, ma'am. It declined again. <laughs> What in the hell? Wait, what in the hell? What in the hell is going on? What is going on, bruh? You grabbed the wrong car. Oh. You gave me the car. No. Oh, I gave you the wrong one. I gave you the wrong one. You ain't gonna go back at the groceries? You finna go back at them. Excuse me? We're broke. Yeah. Man, oh boy, oh boy. Your rent's due, motherfucker. Good luck out here, y'all. <laughs> that laugh is crazy. That laugh is wild. But, yep, that hyena. Got that hyena laugh. Good luck out here, guys. <laughs> Good luck. The, you guys let, I, in my opinion, you guys let far too many women run households in the community. It, you should never accept that because that's where you're going to end off. Uh, shout out to this brother right here. Um, we got a young brother here from Chicago, Chicago, the city of Capone. Now, this guy is what you would call a rough around the edges young guy. He's trying to get his life together and do the right thing. And he's now trying to date. And as I tell you, men, as you're getting your life together, do not date. That is not going to be the secret. You're dealing with women that are not trying to help you get their life together. First and foremost, this is a young guy. Um, he's going to deal with a young red bone woman from Chicago. And she's going to give him all kind of hell because essentially she's saying he's a pookie and uneducated. But watch how this gentleman handles this woman with pure class. And uh, as he counters her objection, which he shouldn't have talked to her that much. But let's listen to this video. You Why you pop yours? You ain't fucking with me. Personally, you talk like my little brother. Oh, hold on. Let me go ahead. Go on back. I'm 26. Okay. And you and you and you talk like my little brother. I feel like I'm talking to my little Chicago as well. Oh, isn't that crazy? Okay. Yeah, you're very gorgeous though, but I don't like that you put the fake flower in your vest trying to make it look better than what it was. Yeah. I don't like that you brought a fake briefcase. There's probably nothing in there, and it's also halfway open. You should probably close it. Also, I don't like that the fact that you put your hat. What would be considered a fake briefcase though? Fake briefcase. I mean, the hair done. It's done. It's done. So why didn't you show your hair? That's what I wanted to do today. I understand. All right, and so I'm trying to show the split screen. So there's the young brother there, and watch how this woman's picking his ass apart. Again, you guys think you're going to unite as a group of people because you have similar skin? Guys, the women are already putting y'all asses out the pasture. So you already lost this battle. The women aren't even united with you. You, you want to save the women, but the women don't want to save y'all ninjas. So that's another double dose of reality. And you can't deny that. You cannot deny that. Black women think they're a separate race than black men. How the hell are you going to overcome migrants? Okay. Oh, by the way. Oh, by the way. There's a video saying black women are now dating migrants for the money. For the access to the public funds. So here you go here. Double dose of reality. This young woman here is just reading his ass. And this is how light-skinned women used to treat you. But here he is, the young guy trying to do good for himself, and she is tearing his ass up, tearing him up. He ain't even said nothing. He hasn't said very little. 
I guess this is a dating show. A dating show. All right, but uh, let me see if we can do it here. There's a split screen, so it's hard for me to share the entire screen. But let's see how she's just tearing his ass up. I mean, the hair done. It's done. It's done. So why didn't you show your hair? That's what I wanted to do today. I understand. I just want to see your hair, though. I get it. You feel me? I've I've dealt with, you feel me, Chicago women most of my life. You okay. You feel me? Me and your brother probably sound alike because we done been through the same struggles. You feel me? But I could respect that. I just wanted to know what you was thinking about. That's all that was. It's just weird talking nope. to my little brother. So. No problem. You can't say little. I'm, you, we the same age, darling. Let's be all right. And so let's take a look at what's happening here. She's using words like little, belittling. You're wearing a hat. You're bald. Um, and this guy's being respectful. He did say you didn't, you didn't F with me. I guess you popped the balloon. So she was uninterested. And I think he has a liking to her. So he's spending a lot of time. She's saying you like, you're like my little brother. Your briefcase don't have anything in it. You're bald. Why aren't you showing your hair? You sound like you're around the way. So check this out. She's calling him Glocktavius. She's calling him Keandre. And she's saying, I'm educated and you're not. This is the paradox that you pro-black men are trying to fight in your own community. This is an L. All right, let's continue. Respectful. You sound like him, though. That's so because talking, we from the same place. So you don't like no, you don't like not. people from your hometown. I never said and that. And that's respectful. I can respect. I that. just want a man with a higher vocabulary, okay. which you don't have. Oh, on your day to day speak. Your day to day speak. Oh man, <laughs> it's so wild. There's some other black women here. Uh, they're giving her the side eye and they're reacting. But listen to this: the own women in your community calling you dusty and broke. <laughs> this. This is a thing you do not want to save. This is how some women look at you. I'm sorry. And you're trying to save this? It's unsavable, in my opinion. You're fighting a losing battle. She also says something interesting. You don't speak the proper way or something like that. I want a guy more educated. You see where we're going with this. It sounds familiar, right? This is your battle. Speaking to all the other women, trust. I know. You're good. I... I, I... I, I talk. And, and, and are these other women who probably don't agree? This woman's quite annoying. Are these women uh, defending this gentleman here? Where is it at? Where did they pan to the women? Okay, go back. Are these women, they're finding what she's saying quite offensive. Are they defending him? The answer is no. They're not. Nope. They're letting her break his ass down. And they're not stopping it. <laughs> Pay attention. I just want to see your hair look. I get it. You feel me? I've, I've dealt with, you feel me, Chicago women most of my life. You okay. You feel me? Me and your brother probably sound alike because we done been through the same struggles. You feel me? But I could respect that. I just wanted to know what you was thinking about. That's all that was. It's just weird talking nope. to my little brother. So. No problem. You can't say little. I'm, you, we the same age, darling. Let's be respectful. You sound like him, though. That's so because talking. we from the same place. So you don't like no, you don't like not. people from your hometown. I never said and that. And that's respectful. I can respect I that. I just want a man with a higher vocabulary, okay. which you don't have. On your day-to-day -day speak. In your day-to-day -day speak. And take a look here. Take a look. Are the other women helping? Nope. Are the women? Nope. Speaking to all the other women, trust. I know. You're good. I, I, I I, and, I, talk. And I, I would have to have to think I would have to think do these women agree with her or do they disagree by the way look at her hairline and she's talking about his hairlines <laughs> look at her hairline I'm not trying to put the woman down 
but her hairline starts in the back of her head. I mean, that's just that. Other than her being a red bone and a petite, this woman could do far more for a man, a man than, you know, just to be quiet. However, this young man's accepting this and he's trying to correct her. She's not going to be corrected. She's not, but this is your plight. I feel bad for you guys that are trying to save this. You're getting humiliated out here. It's a, it's a lost battle. It's a lost cause. She's let, all these women are letting him get humiliated. And, the, and you think you got, a, you got a chance here? Like where I was born from, I got, I got a real, like, respect. I, I can't let you, like, you feel me, throw down what I've been through. You feel me? I'm I never a, said what you went through with. Saying, though, you, you, you tried, though, darling. No, you feel it. me? So I want you to know, like, I'm really from struggle. I, I speak a certain type of way, but I've searched for education. I have a bachelor's That's degree. Fine. You feel me? What I, what I do right now, I work with mm -hmm. people every day. So I don't want you. Now, this is the guy right here. I'm sorry I have to cut this up. Do you see what he's saying? how nobody sympathizes for him. This is exactly what I was just talking about. Gentlemen, especially black men, we, 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 we have a need to be loved. We have the need to be accepted. Black men, you need to get rid of that because that is to your demise. He's trying to make this woman that doesn't want an assimilated woman accept him for being struggle, overcoming, trying to get a degree, trying to become educated, being respectful. They don't give a fuck. The women in your own community don't care. What makes you think the migrants are going to care? The Nigerians are going to care. The Asians, they don't care. When will y'all men get it? Nobody cares about your struggle. Nobody. And you're going to try to explain yourself to people that don't accept you. You're wasting your breath. And then you tried to waste your breath on me. Trust me, you're wasting your breath. It is far too late for that. You either figure out how to assimilate or find your own lane to conquer that lane. She doesn't care, and she's your so-called own people. Neither does any. She has no care about your struggle. Stop with the trauma, the struggle, and what I've been through. Nobody cares. It's, hot. it's sad to see. It's sad to hear. Nobody cares because we all struggle. All of us. All of us go through shit. I don't care what color you are. White, brown, black, Puerto Rican, or Haitian. We all struggling. So he's leading with struggle and nobody cares. When are you going to get it? You to just throw shade on hood niggas in general. I wasn't throwing shade on you, Because I speak with a little slang. I got a little hood to me, but I'm educated, baby. No, that's fine. We can move forward. Thank you. Okay. Let's go ahead and go to... Wow. You got Sad reality, and again, you're trying to explain yourself to people who don't care. And she's just trying to get to a situation where to better herself in self-survival. Self she's trying to survive. Will she survive? Probably not. She's not going to get what she wants. She don't have enough leverage. She's only going to get the type of guys, especially where she's from. She's saying she's from Chicago. He's from Chicago. If she doesn't get out of that and try to improve herself just slightly different from being a straggle, she's going to be up shit's Creek. 100%. All right, next segment here.
Sad reality to see, but I'm here for the tough love. Okay? Trying to get validation from a straggle. Stop. Celebrity men down bad. One, Darius Rucker. Okay, we got to show this right here. Darius Rucker, again, another example of they don't care. This is Darius Rucker's ex-girlfriend. Her name is Kate Quigley. I don't care if y'all need to date white women, Latina, Asian, or black. Realize that they all will operate the same if they find your ass lacking. Darius Rucker's former girlfriend, Kate Quigley, shades D-bag X after his arrest and calls it karma. Let's see if we can play the video. No, we can't play the video. So uh, let me read it. Darius Rucker's former girlfriend, Kate Quigley, blasts him as a douchebag, basically a douchebag following his arrest. Apparently, she's a comedian. She candidly slammed the Hootie and the Blowfish frontman on Twitter after he was taken into custody on drug charges in Tennessee. Now, what you're experiencing here is kicking a man while he's down. So she's a comedian. I don't even know who she is. She dated him. She tried to um, elevate. She got dumped, but now she's on Twitter getting the last word. Now she's on Twitter getting the last word. This is why you got to keep your nose clean out here, gentlemen. It says right here, yes, I've heard. All I can say is karma. They waiting for you to lose. They want to see you lose, (laughs) especially if they not benefiting from you. It says Rutgers' short-lived relationship with Quigley, age 42, began following the country singer's split from his ex-wife, Beth Leonard, in July 2020, after 20 years of marriage. I covered that, and it was reprehensible. They took their relationship public that December or September with the snap and the comedian sitting on a wagon wheel artist's lap. It says right here, it's unclear exactly when the couple... Uh, called it quits, but they were over by September 2021. How many years? Okay, less than a year, a little over a year. When she suffered an accidental overdose, there gives credence to my zooted, so she almost killed herself with drugs. Of course, my opinion of this, and she's a sloppy yogurt here, this is what's happening. Women be out here losing, so they want you to lose. That's all it is. Anytime I see an ex speak out like this, this is just this is just sour grapes. Sour grapes. So she a crack dope fiend, accidental overdose. He out here getting arrested for drugs and drinking, I think drug possession. And she's on the internet trashing the guy. Anyway, next celebrity down bad. Well, he's not a celebrity, but this is celebrity news. Darius Jackson the former Mr. Kiki Palmer shares his thought about men being put through hoops and hurdles to see their children. Again, this is what's happening. This is commonplace plantation politics, particularly with black men. For some reason, the black man has always been stripped of his kids, and this continues today. Remember, this history is very relatively recent, and it's just an extension of the plantation. They don't consider you men family. They don't consider you the father and the patriarch to your children. So this continues from the other thing, and you're going to read some commentary here. Uh, This is apparently from Darius Jackson. When I tell you that uh, they, they make men jump through hoops when it comes to seeing their own kids, 
then they have the audacity to throw fatherless home statistics at our face, let alone make you feel honored to get any time or type of time with your own children. He continues, too many Ahabs have given these Jezebels a voice and a platform to call the shots. A lot of weak men, and I was once a weak man, you spend your life being miserable as a weak man looking for approval that you'll never get. Now, this is exactly what I've been telling you right here. So this is the approval. Black men are the most insecure creatures out here because you want to be loved so bad and accepted. The reality is this is your crutch. This is the thing you need to get over is that you will not be accepted and that should be your acceptance. So he tried the simp route of acceptance and now he's realizing it's a lost battle. You want to do the right thing, but it always seems up to be the wrong thing. And he says a lot of weak men. I was once a weak man. You spend your life being miserable as a weak man looking for approval that you'll never get. And he also says, I, yeah, the red pill starter kit. He says, I feel for the dads that gave up when it comes to custody. It's mentally and emotionally and physically draining. You're losing and you'll lose yourself fighting for custody. My spirit is too strong to give up. Well, but I totally understand. I have pondered it. Thank God I have an amazing circle. Well, you're going to spend and throw away lots of money. It says, not looking for sympathy either. Trust me, I've seen enough of society to not want anyone else's approval. It's too late for that. I actually got to learn to love y'all. And he says, and for those that expect me to ever speak on anything, that's for my family's private manner. Okay, right here. Yes, it's still my family. I share a soul with this person. You can only, wait, you can do your own research and make your own judgments. He has a lot to say. For those who don't have kids, and this is something that I will emphasize to my son, wait until marriage and make sure God is the center of your relationship. There's a rule book that's been given to us thousands of years ago. Best to follow it because everything else leads to chaos. Well, that's great for him. In this situation, you would expect that he would get sympathy. You would expect people to say, we see it from your situation, Darius. We, they also, you would also believe that black women or women in general would say, yes, we understand your plight. We understand your struggle. And we should do better as a people to help you men. You would expect that, right? You would expect the people that you're going to link up to to fight the migrants, the illegal migrants in your community, you would expect them to have some sympathy towards this man, right? Right? Well, you're wrong. You're wrong. And this is another indicator as to wake up. It's too late to save it. You've lost a war. Let's listen to the comments. Why don't he share his thoughts about domestic violence? Is this Kiki Palmer's baby mama? Go upside his baby mama's head, but surprised that the court's making him go through those hoops. That's a man. A Latino man, by the way. Is that a Latino man? Not a Latino man. Jumping in the conversation. 
A woman, if y'all smack, if you'll smack the mama, will you smack the child? Courts have to be careful. They literally have lives in their hands. A black woman here. Did he ever find a job? Father Lives Matter. He speaks the truth. Shout out to Father's Lives Matter. Here's another black woman. Well, that's how most domestic violence cases go when children are involved. Here's another black woman here. It may be beneficial for him to consider taking a break from the internet and seeking professional help through therapy. Another one. We still riding that dawn for Cousin Kiki, sir. This woman says Jezebels. Another black woman. Yes, abusive spouses. Definitely have a harder time seeing their kids because you have to protect the children and their mother. Another one. It's wild how men who physically assault women use their children to alley-oops their way into some sympathy. Now, we haven't proven that he's been physically abusive. We saw some screenshots, but we didn't see the video. Who cares? You and your brother don't know how to keep y'all hands to yourself. We don't care, sir, but carry on. Last one. I know plenty of fathers that have healthy co-parenting relationships with the mother of their children. You know why? Because they aren't going upside their heads and abusing them. Then playing victim. Precautions come with certain actions. Keep your hands to yourself. Then maybe people will trust you with children. Well. <laughs> the way this works, gentlemen, and I want to warn you again. I'm trying to help you out. Is you're never going to get sympathy out here. Nobody's ever going to see it your way. Women are very crafty as to paint you in a certain light, and it's very, it comes from plantation politics. And I have to always talk down to these brothers to try to save you, but I really am done trying to save you. You have to save yourself. He's in a situation he put himself in trying to simp. He took a bad deal. Now he got the red pill. He woke up. Now that he's woken up, he's using his platform to spread the message. He's been disenfranchised way before these so-called domestic violence. There isn't any proof of domestic violence. There's no real police report or any of these things. There's just still screenshots that can be taken out of context. But it's neither here nor there. He put himself in this situation. But guess what? This is what he has to overcome. And she craftily, Kiki Palmer craftily, and I broke it down, put this ninja in this position. All because he wanted to save the community and do the right thing. He didn't get married. He didn't file for custody when he should have. He played the stay-at-home dad, and it fell. Nobody respects him. Did you get a job yet? You're going to get child support. You have limited custody. And guess what? Kiki Palmer is the victim in this situation. It happens that fast. But take your red pill where you want to take your red pill. And remember, there's not red pills. There's only one red pill. All right? You take your red pill, and then you reinforce it with conversation and experience and all of this stuff. But you guys are thinking you're going to turn this around anytime soon. I showed you several examples. It's going to be an uphill battle. You better go get a job. Focus on yourself. That's my always my prescription for you brothers. Last celebrity down bad. 
Tyrese. Tyrese makes it back. Yes, he's in pain. Tyrese says, and I quote, sometimes I wish I was born Latino. Well, (laughs) I think Tyrese is seeing the light. Or is he trying to be white? Hmm. I mean, the Latin community is grounded in family, loyal, entrepreneurs, businessman, and women literally represent the dream, the grind, the hustle, doing whatever it takes to stick together against all odds. If us is, wait, if us is black culture, uh, this is his writing. I think there's a lot of mistakes here. If us is black culture was more grounded in these integral magical nuances of us, we would be dominant. Again, <laughs> this, ninja, this, this ninja speak. And by the way, Tyrese is a product of black migration from the South to Los Angeles. He's, his family comes from the South that migrated to LA, which I tried to show you earlier, but, but these people did not assimilate. They decided to hunker down in Watts in, in the areas of like South Los Angeles. He's a product of a broken home system of people who didn't want to assimilate. They wanted to do it their own way. We call them Bamas back in the day. Do You guys know when the, when the black culture came into LA in the sixties, by the 1980s, a lot of these ninjas were called Bamas. The products of these people were called Bamas, mostly by Northeastern blacks. So these were the, the NWAs, the Ice Cubes, ninjas that wore jerry curls still in the late 90s, going into the 1990s. I'm sorry, the late 80s going into the 90s. These were Bamas. They were called Bamas. Y'all don't know y'all history. This is the people that were the second generation of the first black migrants to the West Coast. They were called Bamas because they were still wearing jerry curls and shit. Shit that, by the way, Oakland was the same thing. They called them Bamas. <laughs> the reason why they were called Bamas is that they were from the South and migrated, and them ninjas in Oakland and L.A. were still wearing fur coats, doing pimp culture, and wearing jerry curls. Called Bamas. Look it up. And this ninja is a Bama. Right. Yep, Kangos and Jerry Curl, they were called Bamas. Yep, because Bama, Alabama, country. All right, so on a, anyway, he's a Bama. <laughs> here we go right here. Anyway, he has a lot to say. He's saying right here, and I'm, I'm going to try to read this. I've learned a lot from the Jewish community. Ugh. I'm not going to say what race, what people. We know I can't say that. It says right here, sticking together, eating dinner every Friday night. Again, this is the Bama's pipe dream. I've learned a lot about the Muslim community through all my travels in the Middle East. They have a family structure where they honor their father, the Middle East. There's not a lot of punctuation here, so I apologize. The thinking in this mentality is that they would rather, much rather have a son over a daughter because they know that there is nothing like the leadership of a father and a man being the head of the household. What in the hell are you talking about? (laughs) Guys. This is a, you got a fractured community. It's a fractured group of people. Assimilated families. Or country. 
or migrants. Then you have second, we're the third generation of this. I'm the second generation. You young people are the third generation of this, and you're still trying to put people together that have been fractured from the beginning. You haven't been together. When would you realize this? You haven't been together. You're trying to put together a structure that has been divided for 350 to 400 years. It's barely been together. Even through the black migration in the 50s, you thought it was all one people. It was not. I've actually showed you this. So you're putting together people that have been not together. Let me go ahead and show you this. Darius, another guy, same thing. Oh, why can't we be together? How come we can't have family? This guy, why we ain't together? Why You've been separated. But people don't know history. People don't see things. that You see it the way you want to see it. I told you a long time ago, black women aren't yours. They're not yours. They don't belong to you. In general, they belong to the system. There's, these are not your women. They've been trying to tell you they're not your women. I know this is hard to figure out, but they're not. <laughs> this is not. This is sad, and this is part of your growth as a man to discover this, or else you're going to fight a losing battle. You're fighting a losing battle. We're not going to be like the Muslims in the Middle East. We're not going to be like the Latinos. We're not. They belong to the state and the street. They belong to the plantation. <laughs> right? When you realize it, you will start acting appropriately. He says, I have no idea how we lost our way. We can't get anything done and accomplished as a fragmented culture. It's already been fragmented, insecure, threatened by each other. Yeah, there's a lot of punctuation mistakes. Competitive towards our own race. As I showed you, it's already been existed. Killing ourselves every single day. Frivolously, the majority of us is <laughs> the majority of us is black men and the millions are locked up in the prison. Y'all ninjas in denial, man. Of course, we are. We are beyond powerful, influential, and successful. This is all, this is all community hope speech. It says, but imagine if we all linked up like other communities have linked up. I, I, I'm trying to tell y'all, man. This, this, yeah, he in Fantasy Island. What are you talking about? <laughs> this is what are you talking about? I mean, y'all having a tough time adjusting to the realities, right? No? Imagine if we linked up. Ninja, are you Marvin Gaye? Mercy, mercy me. This ninja had a dream. I have a dream. Imagine if we all linked up and then what? <laughs> the pipe dream. It says, and by the way, both of his, never mind. He says, poured, poured and built up on each other. Instead of moving like fragmented and dysfunctional. So you want to link up now, you losing. You want to link up now. Why do all the people who want to link up seem to be the people who losing? <laughs> I 
I always notice the people who are taking that L are the ones that want to link up. The people that are doing well, they don't want to link up. Have you noticed that? What, what, what is that? Is that some Uncle Ruckus? So the people that have figured out the system and the way to survive, either by themselves or separating or leaving, or they don't have this concept of linking up. But when the people stay, when the people taking that fat ass L out here and getting a clock clean and don't want to listen and are hard headed, they the ones want to link up. They the ones want to pull us back into the bullshit after we done figured it out and we got the hell up out of there and we skedaddle. Hey, come back and link up. We need to stick together. What about us? <laughs> All right, here we go right here. All right. Imagine if we linked up, if we poured and built up on each other instead of moving like fragmented and dysfunctional. What? Like, I don't get it. We have what it takes to take over the world. We ain't nothing. Wait, we ain't nothing trying to do it alone. <laughs> That's what you're right here, right here. Please chime in. We'll love to know your thoughts on this. Well. Well, well, well. Uh, here we go. Let's hear some thoughts. That's Tony Baker. Here's a woman, black woman. The Gabby Law says, be the change you wish to see. Stereotyping and overgeneralization or generalizing the black community is dumb. Stop spreading the misinformation. It's annoying. She don't give a fuck. All right, this one says, sometimes I wish black folks actually went to see the hardworking black people and families all over the country. Some of us are not in L.A. or Hollywood and or highlighted on social media. It looks like they don't give a fuck. Uh, this one says, we are not reading all that Tyrese Enrique Garcia. Last one, I mean, black people can really talk facts, though. We are truly the only race that doesn't truly support one another. Let's act like we know the issues we have and let's stop sweeping it under the rug. It's about time we have it's about time we have an adult conversation about our community. It says right here, really, uh, really read what he said. By the way, let me just tell you. I'm gonna just tell you. He says on the second day of Black History Month. I'm just going to tell you something just from a perspective here. I have heard this talk for decades and I haven't seen people actually draw close to making this happen. When he was winning, he didn't have this conversation. Now that he's getting dragged and he took his red pill, now he wants to have the conversation. But I've heard this for decades. I'm tired. I'm tired of having this conversation over and over if we got together, if we united, and if we did this, and if we did that, and imagine, this is utopian talk. This is communism. Because what you want to do is the people who have figured it out and got their communities together, and yes, there's some black communities that are thriving, they're silent, like that man said. Now you want us to all come back together with these group of people. This is the same conversation that the assimilated had against the migrant blacks. They're like, man, what? That's why I showed you that video. These people are like, look, let me show y'all. These people are like, what? 
You want to do what? After y'all didn't been doing what y'all wanted to do and not listening. Now you want us to do what? And they not having it. Now you want to get off the truck and then us assume your battle. We're not doing it. We tired. <laughs> when you was out here living better and making films and making money, but you chose to knock up these skeezers and not listen and fall in love. Now y'all want us to come back. I'm tired. Not coming back. We, it's not like we didn't tell you. You were told. Tyrese, you were told, sir. You didn't listen. You led with your heart, ass ninja. You were told to stop simping. You wouldn't do it, Bama. <laughs> Yo, Bama ass wouldn't do it. And now you want us to come help you in your struggle. Save yourself. Mm. Ain't nobody coming together around your monkey ass. <laughs> right? Just no. I'm tired. It's, it's, it's just a reality. All right. Let me, let me check Super Chats and we got the main event. Yeah, finally. You smoked up all the smoke. You drank up all the drink. You fucked all the pussy. You had all the sex. You had all the fun. You got to all the award shows. You rubbed all the elbows. You smiled in everybody's face. And now your country ass, Bama, migrant, black migrant descendant ass, want me to come down here and take the L with you. <laughs> when we told Joe Bama ass how to operate and function right, but you wanted to make R&B songs and sweet lady ass ninja. You wanted to be on the internet shaving a woman's punani. Yes, that was you. Where was all that Jewish talk then? All right, anyway, be mad ass ninjas, man. I swear. I'm tired, boss. You want me to come take your L's? No, no, no. Josh says, shout out to UCGA. Keep grinding, brother. <laughs> we bring it back the word Bama. We bring it back the word Bama. I'm bringing it back. And you can credit CGA. Anybody that you hear, because y'all haven't heard anybody get called a Bama in at least 30 years. The only person I heard called a Bama was a woman that was thick. If you hear anybody say the word Bama, you know where it came from. My Uncle Ruck is shuffling, tap dancing ass, Sambo ass. Yes. I can do some shuffling too. Look out, man. What you going to do? Look out, boys. It's coming through. Yeah, man. Yeah, man. Yeah. Go chill out somewhere. What do we got here? Shout out to uh, B. Well. I can't pronounce that Oasis. I'm going to protect your government name. I see your government name. I'm going to protect it. And she says a donation from. Shout out to her. I, can't, I don't know what these are right there. There's a lot of uh, emojis. So shout out to the sister here. I believe that's a sister. Okay. Anyway. Anyway. <laughs> Do it. No government name. Instead of arguing with coach, get your money right and go to their countries to buy land before they do. We have a head start. Go, ninjas, go. It ain't like we ain't gave y'all a plan. But America is not yours. I mean, it was, but it's not today. You do have the ability to get on an airplane, though. And you do have the ability to buy up land. Shout out to Gabriel says, so much wisdom, coach. Going back to people who live with parents. 
until they were 30 years old. He says, I was just 17 when I decided to come to the United States with only enough money to get to the border. I slept on a cold desert and lived in a van on the summer. In the summer, I think you meant. People don't want to work before 2020 for the minimum and didn't want to work in 2022 for $20 an hour. I've never seen an American fired so they can hire an illegal. This is a Latino brother that came across the border with only enough in his pockets, fought to be here, and he didn't get a handout. Like, we can have the handout conversation. He says, Coach, even Mexicans that are here and got comfortable and don't want to work as hard as when they got here are being replaced by Chinese people. Some of my friends and they didn't want to work hard and said that their company hired Asian people and they don't get as many days off as before. He says men get straight. Men get straight. The the people that are coming across the border, whether they're Latino or Asian or Middle Eastern, they're coming here and they are not talking about work-life balance. They're not. They're going to come in and clean your clock. And they'll do it over two generations. And they'll be in prime position. Again, I grew up multicultural. So I've seen people picking strawberries in Oxnard in Camarillo. Only for two generations later, their kids going to college. I also saw young Asian women that I dated while I was in college. Their families open up cleaners and donut stores. Waking up at 3 in the morning to fry donuts and glaze them, pause, only to see their kids get sent through private school. They didn't use the divorce system. They didn't throw their men under the bus. And those kids end up becoming, in a generation, the upper middle class. That fast. It happens. So I drove past strawberry patches, and I've seen Mexicans working like slaves. I've been to Mississippi and saw black people picking cotton in the year 2001, working on plantations over there between Meridian and um, I'll pass another place I can't think of. I've seen it, so I never feel like I can take a day off. It is something else, man, when you see it. It is something else. So if you think you're going to have a, well, I struggle. Trust me, I've seen people struggle worse than me, worse than I can ever imagine my struggle. And take risks and sacrifices that a group of people just are not willing to make. Trust me. If you think your struggle is worse than the next, it is not. There are people that are struggling their ass off right now. And you don't hear shit from them. But you see the results later on. There's no rally. There's no we need to stick together. Really, family family comes first, then community comes second. We need to get the family part first right. We can't even get that right. Can't. Sad. Sad. Kevin W says reparation ninjas got to know the reason why they won't have reparations. It is because there's no political advantage to give reparations. At least with Ukraine, Congress can spin it to say this is going to prevent us from going to war with the migrants 
The goal is to get them to vote blue in New York. They attempt to give migrants the right to vote in local elections. So what, why give reparations? I never understood the argument as to why to give reparations. There's no advantage other than to help financially the money to be funneled back, which it will. Okay, uh, let me see here. We do got some brothers I want to highlight. But I'm tired of these arguments. Trust me, I've been here long enough for the brothers that really don't understand me. You sound like young men. <sighs> I've seen my male family members continue to read, uh, to read out loud. I've seen my, my older family members, my boomer family members, continue this ridiculous, we need to stick together bullshit. And I'm like, you've been living 60 years, <laughs> right? And it ain't ever happened, sir. I live 40, almost 50 years. I've heard it all. I've seen it all. I wish it would be different, but I heard it. It ain't happening anytime soon. What needs to happen first is for us to get control of our families and our children. Then we need control of our community. You can't have control of a community without control of your family and children. Which does stem back. Pro-blacks, you got to get control of your women and children first. If you don't have that, it ain't happening. Before you build a community, you got to build a family. You can't even get that right. You got 80% single mothers, black women leading abortions. You can't even tell your mammy what to do. You can't get a hold of your mammy. The Generation Z women, men and women are gone. You ain't getting them back. So what are you going to do now? They're now adults. You need family first, in which I'm telling you, family for the majority of Americans, what, no matter what race you are, is being corrupted by the family court mafia. You can't overcome that. The family court mafia got y'all by the balls. It's all connected. How are you going to get control of your family when the family court owns your women? Your family court, first thing that happens when you fuck up is they run to the family court. How? <laughs> There's no... How do you build a community without family? You got to get that right first. And until you get that right, I don't see there's any really any hope. The migrants going to find out too for sure. But anyway. Anyway. Shout out to Xavion says both blacks and whites have been warning the community about being replaced with immigrants since the 1980s at least, but now they're mad when the chickens come home to roost. And he says, and I forgot to add, it's all by design. Ninjas need to wake the F up. And what we like to do is create this intellectual war between me and you when the war's not between me and you. You lost already. I realize who won, and he's right. This has been a conversation that has been going on for some 40 years you should have prepared for it. You should have prepared for it. And you didn't prepare. Now you're at your city council in your civics leaders 
meetings yelling. It's too late to try to convince me. Loud Pocket says, got my CDL license today. Shout out to you. I hate to be all doom and gloom, but that's a win. 100%. Congratulations. Go drive a truck. All right. Shout out to uh, his, uh, Alio says, history rhyming, a new CGA segment. History always rhymes. Shout out to Juan Primera says, uh, Southern blacks and Hispanics have already assimilated. Right, in the South, he says, in the South, blacks and Hispanics have already assimilated. Assimilation is one of the things that people did not want to do. They were like, I refuse to assimilate. We want our own this, we want our own that, and we don't have to wear suits, and we don't want to pull up our pants, and we got our own culture. Well, in order to have that, you also have to be self-supported, which is the problem. That's where the problem is. So I get it. You don't want to do as the white people do. Essentially, they said the Bamas didn't want to do that when they moved to the north and the, and the west coast. They said the Bamas did not want to assimilate. The Bamas wanted to do their own thing. There's people still making that argument today. All right, shout out to Han Solo Shop first. Says, is money for migrants a better return of investment? For the powers that be, it is. Right, investing in a person like me, investing in old people is not an investment. So if you do have an older generation of particularly, let's take it to strong, independent black women, strong and independent black women, as they age, realize their conundrum. They then lean on Section 8. They didn't want support. They went. they want to show up to the march. They want to play the victim. They want to go back to their sons in sandbag. They want to tell their sons to help, help me, help me. Then they want to vote and cheat and then, you know what I mean, and sway the elections. They want to march. They want to say we shall overcome. Well, the problem with these women is that they chose their path to stay independent, to have babies out of wedlock, to use the system, and now they're 40, 50, and 60, and they need help. And I say, Fuck them. There's no there's no return in investment. There's no return of investment to helping them. There, what what return do I get by helping a 40, 50, 60 year old black woman? None. There's no return. Essentially, the plantations discovered this as well, which they're gonna not put anything. You have an older population of people that are non-productive, that are not going to recoup what they've received from the government or the master or the plantation. So thus, there's no point in helping them. There's no return of investment. Here's your government cheese. Here's your Section 8. Oh, by the way, I'm taking Section 8 away from you to give to this younger generation of strong and independent black women. They need it too. It's not that hard to figure out. Older people do not produce then they're going to lean on, they, they, don't, they don't produce as much as they consume. The solution was there where you should have got married and you should have had a family where a man can support you or a system of community can support you. You said you didn't need it. You said you didn't need it. Now you're out here freezing. Now you're living in houses with the roofs collapsing on you and you got pans and pots all over your living room floor collecting water dripping from the ceiling and you want help. Mm. 
That's not how it works. There's no point in helping you. <laughs> There's no point in helping you. You chose your path, but now the government does now have to say, I can't help you as much because I have all these people to help. You chose your path. Better go find a man, ma'am. Well, I don't want to listen to no man. Have you ever heard a woman doing this? She's in her 60s. She comes back to her family. She comes back to her son. She comes back to her young people in her family. Help. Help, auntie. Help, granny. Why would I help you? Well, help an old lady. and You need to help your elders. And you need to help. Well, here's your problem. We still have a life. Your life is screwed. I still have a life to live. I'm not going to give up my life for you because you chose your lane. You thought being the cool auntie and the strong and independent, and you thought having kids out of wedlock and terminating six pregnancies, and you thought living it good and tying yourself to these corporations was going to be your answer. And now I tell you to go get a man. You say, I ain't listening to these old toothless ass men. Well, you on your own. On your own. How did it end this way? You own your own. This is the path you chose. Now you out here about to live on with your ass cheeks on froze. I can't help you. Mm. <laughs> I can't help you. You were strong and independent in the 70s, the 80s, and 90s. And now you're on your own. How did it end this way? I ain't listening to these old ninjas. They toothless, musty, ain't got no job. Well, baby, that's all you got out here. <laughs> There's no return of investment for me to help you. Let me stop. Y'all got me worked up singing. You should have knew this was going to happen, but you didn't see it coming. You have no vision, no foresight, and no ability to plan. Now you want me to help. You about to take a fat, fat L, in my opinion. <laughs> That's what you going to do. You want me to give up my life for you as you didn't live the recipe for success yourself and you had the choice to do so. You did not choose it. Therefore, this is your, this is your results. CGA 2028. <laughs> All right. I got to stop. Oh, my goodness. Shout out to... uh. Adolph Caesar says the L.A. City Council scandal was a prime example of the war lost. If you didn't hear that, uh, that council was primarily filled with Latino women. And they was like, F them ninjas. Y'all didn't remember that. That was in L.A. And that Latino woman sat up there and was like, F them ninjas. Remember that? Who remembers that? <laughs> Who remembers that? That L.A. City Council, L.A. City Council woman, City Council woman. She said, let them freeze. Who remembers that? Where, she got fired. Let me see here. Let me find her. I'm telling you, they ain't going to give a F. Her name was uh, Nuri Martinez. <laughs> right there in October 2021. What'd she say? She said, F them ninjas. Let them freeze. She says, LA, look, L.A. City Councilwoman Nuri Martinez, right here, resigns following leaked racist remarks. What did she say? Uh, let me see where the statement was. 
She said, F them ninjas. That's what she said. Let them freeze. Hold on for a second. Where she said, uh, what's the statement? She stepped down. Uh, there was a, okay, there's a tweet. They didn't say what she said. Let me see if I can find out what she said. I can't, I'm trying to remember it. Yeah, it was the hot mic. All right, where we at? So don't think they're going to come in here and feel your plight and feel your pain. But they, she did jump up on there. All right, damn, I can't find her statement. But she so did. I'm going to have to find a picture of her just so you can see it. This woman right here. Look at her. Gordita. Y'all see her? Gordita. Gordita said, I don't give a fuck about them dentists. <laughs> Linda. Linda. Linda said, F them ninjas. That's what she said. And she was like, they can't do nothing. Man, that's crazy, bro. Don't ever think, bro. That's a prime example of what we're talking about. They not going to feel your pain. Where we at? She dissed the young blood. What did she say? I can't even remember what she said. Let me see the racist leak of the audio. Open racist remarks. Says right here. Says right here, Martinez and the other Latino leaders presented or present during the taped conversation were seemingly unaware that they were being recorded. As Martinez said, a white council member handled his young black son as though he was an accessory and described city council Mike Bonin's son as a like a monkey in Spanish. Like a monkey. And it says right here, describe Bonin at one point as a little bitch. Martinez also mocked, what is this, Ococcicans? I don't even know what that is. It said, F that guy. He's with the blacks. While speaking about the Los Angeles County District Attorney, George Gascoigne. She said, F that guy. He's with the blacks. Woo! She's the councilwoman. She was handling, standing on business. She was like, F them. Called them monkeys. Like a monkey. Said F him. He with the blacks. They ain't playing, Ninja. They is not playing. They not your people, bro. I wish a nigga would. And, and Tyrese want to be like the Latinos. <laughs> right here, right there. Woo. And that's a woman. That's a woman. Uh, uh, that's a woman. Um, Councilwoman. That ain't even a man. Y'all think y'all, well, the women like us. She came out swinging. You can hear it on the internet. She's a LA city councilwoman. She was like, X, X all of them. Don't think you got allies out here. Don't think you got allies. They is not going to ride or die. He said, well, black man broke her heart. Yeah, she was out here just killing all right, shout out to Jay James says, Coach, the World Cup in 2026 is in the Americas. They just coming up early. <laughs> new, 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 new world order. All right, somebody says the Ogoxicans, they're from, oh, that's ABL, says they're like Guatemalans, dark-skinned, short Mexicans near Guatemala. I actually had a Honduras Guatemalan chica, and they're small. They're small people, like five foot one. And yeah, they don't give a fuck. All right, they don't give a F. Shout out to uh right here. I can't pronounce your name. It's Obadiah Sin, coach. Here on the East Coast, we already have a significant population from India. Since no one else 
wants to work that have taken over the gas stations and corner stoves and live on the high-end suburbs. I think you meant live in the high-end suburbs. Another example. They're like, nobody want to own gas stations, okay, but they'll come in and do it. I just want to be rich, says, you know, CGA, if you took a more victim pro-black mentality, your viewership would skyrocket. They've been waiting for that for years. They've been waiting for that for years. I'll never do it. I'm really about self-preservation, doing for self. Floyd Holt says Dennis Sperling is from Texas and said BWs are dating and mating and having babies with illegals due to the money illegals are getting. Pro-blacks were mad. <laughs> Who doesn't see that coming? Shout out to Dennis Sperling. That's going to happen. A couple more. Tree, the Seminole, says CGA is right. It's too late. The U.S. is never going to be the same again. Men, listen. Women just don't care about building a competing American culture. The migrant women will outcompete U.S. women. This is a fact. You have U.S. women breaking down, wanting work-life balance, and to afford a $5,000 a month budget on a $2,000 income, but still go on vacation. Uh, you don't see that the current American culture of women, Gen Z, they're not competing out here. They're not getting together. I mean, as a as a as a total, they're they're lily lint licking, they're fornicating, they're not getting married at the rate they need to to replace the dying out populations of older people. They don't want to work. They want to sell pussy. It's not that hard to figure that in 20, 30, 40 years, it's going to flip on his head. They don't want to date you. They don't want to go to Cheesecake Factory. They don't want to date ninjas that don't make six figures. I'm just talking about in general on the internet. In real life, they don't want you to cold approach them. They don't want you to talk to them. It's just right here in your face. They're masculine. They want to compete against you on buying houses. They don't see you as mates. They want to be partners. They want to taste the rainbow. I just want to be rich, says I grew up in a predominantly Hispanic community, 95%, however, he says, my father never, ever once brought up racism through my childhood. I'm a Mexican-American. Shout out to you. And so there goes your padre. Your padre says, get to work. Si trabajo. Si se puerta. I think they say it. <laughs> okay. It's not happening there. The Working Man Podcast Coach, as a man from the great state of Alabama, you're going to have to check in. For calling everybody Bamas. He says your rants need its own channel. Keep cooking. I need to clip my rants out. Because they're probably the best part of the show at this point. All right. I got to get back to. Oh, let me do these. JC says being a product of a mixed community. I'm unbothered by this crisis. If it wasn't for my Spanish speaking brothers. I would have never pivoted to tech. Yeah. And one of the things that happens is I think um, a lot of people will say that a guy, a black person that's grew up around multicultural or whites, they will use that as a negative. See, I see why you see that way. Guys, you actually see in a world that ain't even a reality if you don't live in multicultural at this point. You're actually missing out on life. See, that's why you think that way. And I'm like, yeah, I'm seeing people win. <laughs> and I'm seeing you. I come back. I, I come back to you and you still losing talking the same conversation I didn't heard since I was like eight years old, 40 years, 40 years of the same conversation 
as you pile on losses. And I'm seeing other people. I remember this one time. I went, <laughs> I went to this Jewish person's house that was a mentor. And I remember walking into his house. He had a Latina maid. He had a big-ass house. And by the way, you would never know he was wealthy. That's kind of what these people look like. I'm not going to say what race, what people. We know I can't say that. And so I walk into his house, and it's just a lesson. Like, whoa, he has a wife. His wife was a typical Jap, if you know what that means. Typical Jap, which is a Jewish-American princess. And um, she was a typical, you know, mouthy, little short. She probably wasn't even taller than the maid. Okay. And she was, you know, a little mouthy. He was, you know, they was, he was simping. But he had this big-ass house. He had his daughter. He had a breakfast nook. He had a library, an office. He had a big-ass mansion. So I go in there, and he's like, hey, come on over. And he was like, you want some lunch? <laughs> I was like, yeah, I want some lunch. He was like, what you want, a sandwich? Some soup? And I was like, okay, yeah, uh, give me a sandwich. He said, uh. Rosalinda. Rosalinda came over. Can you make Gregorio Graybeard a sandwich? She was like, si se puerta. <laughs> si se puerta. <laughs> she said, si, si. Rosalinda went into the refrigerator. She got some bagels. She went in there, pulled out sprouts, kosher meat, mayonnaise, pickles. She pulled out a whole goddamn grocery store worth of food. Meanwhile, I was eating Wonder Bread and sugar sandwiches yesterday. She pulled out all this shit and she started chopping up tomatoes. She started putting chip, potato chips on the plate, decorated. This is in his house. Making mad. And I said, I'm never going back to the hood. <laughs> I was like, whatever this is, I want this. Whatever this is, I want this. Whatever life this is, what, what do I got to do? Yep, she pulled out hummus. She was like, what else you want on it? She had a big-ass Scooby-Doo sandwich like this. A big-ass, a woman made me a sandwich. A Scooby-Doo sandwich with, with, with jalapeno cheddar cheese. And then just smushed it like this. I ate was belly was full. I was like, bitch, I ain't never going back to the hood. Somebody didn't tell me that this life was possible. <laughs> right? I said, this is possible? You can live like this? You can live like this? I was like, what? I'm not going to say what race, what people. We know I can't say that. Ray Poupon. I was like, oh, hell no. I was like, okay, what do I got to do, ninja? Oh, he said, you got to do this. I can do some shuffling, too. Look out, man. What you going to do? Look out, boys. It's coming through. Yeah, man. Yeah, man. I was like, fuck what everybody else talking about. Fuck what y'all talking about, ninja. Y'all want me to struggle? Fuck all that. I'm about to do what, what, what I got to do. What I got to do. I need me a Rosalinda. I need to go out here and get this. I said, fuck all this struggle shit and waiting for y'all ninjas to get it. Uh, and that was in like the year 2002. I was like, I ain't never struggling again. <laughs> Call that. Ninja, wear my coochie sweater. I was like, hey, what Rosalinda doing tonight? 
Anyway, I was like, never again, Ninja. Hell no. Struggled and left me. All right, anyway. <laughs> I was like, what? You can get a sandwich on command? Oh, what the hell? I'm living wrong. I'm living wrong. Shout out to uh, Cali West Miami. He says, Will slap Chris and didn't see no cops. Killer Mike won three Grammys and got arrested on site. Biden mad that Killer Mike, uh, cuz, or Killer Mike dissed him on Bill Maher, free agent lifestyle for life. 100%. And he drove a regular car, and he also had a portion just sitting in there on his Sunday car. I said, nah, I'm signing up. Where did Nanny go that? <laughs> right, anyway. mm. All right. I had the itis. I was sitting back. I ain't ate that much food in a week. I haven't ate that much. I'm like, you have all of this at your beck and call? She just making sandwiches and cleaning the house and, you know what I mean? Smoothing shit out and making me lemonade. I was like, I'm in. I'm in. <laughs> right anyway, right here. All right, shout out to Killer Mike. That whole controversy is going on. Angry Man is definitely on that hill dying on it, trying to diss uh, Killer Mike, but that's a whole nother subject. I was like, I want this. All right. Meanwhile, the woman I date, I ain't never making you a sandwich. I'm like, oh, hell no. Fuck these hoes. <laughs> these women cannot get my attention no more. Not with Rosalinda out here making me a sandwich. I'm like, ever again, ever again, will I ever go back to dating these strags? And American women forget it. Uh-uh. Anyway. Ninja. <laughs> And then she's left me with food. Here, we throwing this food out. Oh, my Lord. Anyway, it don't take much I'm for trailing. us men. Uh, it don't take much for us men to have happiness. Let's get to it. Pretty privilege. I know. This show's going on forever. <laughs> oh, man, it's crazy. Uh, what do we got? Pretty privilege here. Uh, this woman here, what do we got? We got a woman. Oh, wait a minute. You gonna see it here? Conversation. You see this? Oh no, you don't see it. There's something about American women that just cannot be happy. The article here it says the problem of being very beautiful, some of the pain of feeling unattractive. Okay, there, I'm gonna skip here. The list of pains confronting the beautiful women might run like this: Number one, the risk of having no character, the danger of a very beautiful person, mostly a woman, has nothing. Having nothing to say is so high because ever since they were 15, they have seldom had to begin a conversation. Others always had to crack the joke and develop the ideas just for the pleasure of seeing them smile. A silence with a beautiful person is invariable, the less attractive one's fault and responsibility. Okay, so they're saying we have to always start the conversation. People always want to talk to us. Number two, lack of trust in bed. The beautiful will often wonder, is it me or is it my body that they want? They want, of course, to be loved for the whole of who they are. Beautiful people. Number three, intimidated intimidation of the plane. Sorry for my reading. The very beautiful stand to discover that very interesting people who don't look so nice are terrified of approaching them. It can be puzzling to find out that one has that effect. The presumption of stupidity. People don't wait to find out. Their imagination simply refuse to picture the very beautiful, carefully unpicking 
a page of Plato or analyzing the state of the Swedish economy because they don't have to. Aggression. The increased souring of aging. Their body is ideal for now. But that's why getting older terrifies the very beautiful in particular. Yesterday, they found another wrinkle. Their left knee has started to creak while climbing the stairs and blah, blah, blah. Okay, anyway. So the beautiful people have a problem. And we have several women that are going to talk about this. But let's first talk about this filter here. Take a look at this. Take a look at this. Hey, look at this. Oh, man. This woman's going to discover that there's a filter to make women more beautiful. I learned that this new viral beauty filter was created using machine learning. Unlike traditional beauty filters that use an augmented 3D face mesh that is overlaid on top of your face, filters like Bold Glamour, Teenage Look, uses a machine learning tech called GAN, meaning every pixel on your face is regenerated and then outputted after referencing another data set of images, which is why the filter looks so realistic. That is all. You see the difference there. So this that's the woman here. This is what she looks like. Where she at? The little Ling Ling. There she is right there. There's little Ling Ling. And with the AI, take a look at the difference between that and that. Wow. I even think they flipped her hair. They flipped her hair to the opposite side. Take a look at that. Wow, that is unbelievable. They AI is in, and of course, these things eat women up because they want to be beautiful. Now, Ugly women can be beautiful or plain women can be beautiful. Look, they even gave her a hairstyle and clipped the edges. Yeah, they trimmed her edges up. And so dating apps, y'all going to have to escape reality. We are now in a new reality. Just like y'all ninjas want to live in 1997 again. In 1987, we're now going forward. Ninja, we got Apple goggles now. Ninjas want to talk about the struggle of black people. Ninja, get, get, get a life. All right. There's no struggle in the universe, the metaverse. Look at that. Look at that. Look at that. Gosh, dang, they gave her facial symmetry and everything. The beautiful people, right? The beautiful people. Let's talk about it right here. This woman here, the conversation is, this woman opens up about something we hardly ever talk about, the downsides of being an attractive woman. You see her on the screen. You see her on the screen, right? And I don't know if there's a filter on her. Is, this, is there a filter? All right, here we go. There's not a lot of conversation about the disadvantages of being attractive. One, as a woman, you will have a hard ass time making friends. I've met people who gravitate towards me because I'm attractive because they think in proximity they will get some of my privileges. I've had friends that cut me off out of the blue for literally no reason. I have friends that have told me to humble myself. It's going to be hard to date. I've met men who just want to be with me to be a trophy. I've had boyfriends who have not been able to deal with the amount of attention I get and therefore take it out on me. I've been stalked. I've been followed home. I've been stalked by ex-boyfriends. I've been groped. I've been graped. Um, I don't know if that's a plight of being beautiful. Uh, some of those things are, but being stalked or graped, or followed home ninja you could be an ugly woman to get that treatment but and listen i don't live her world of reality so i'm just a beautiful man i get no excess of <laughs> i get no extra treatment okay so uh what do we got here she's been great assaulted followed home grope treated like what what did she say i'll get attention she's got boyfriends 
oh, men want to use her as a trophy. Trophy. Brothers, what? What trophy? I mean, I can't even tell. I know there's a filter here, and she's good looking. She looks like a large woman, meaning that she looks tall. I can guarantee you this woman's like 5'10", all right? And she probably kind of shaped oddly. She does have nice skin, but I cannot tell if that's the filter at this point. And I'm pretty sure she has a filter on. That's not a, that, that would be a very good makeup job. Okay, I've been ignored, used as a trophy. What else? Uh, it's hard to date. Friends try to humble me. These are all their plights here. I won't say that there's not true. They tried to cut me out, out of the blue. Okay, let me get here. She's got great uh, assaulted. Here we go. I've been assaulted. I've been through a lot because I'm attracted. It's not for the weak. And when people talk about pretty privilege, yes, I will get a free meal. I will get free entry. I will get preferential treatment. Oh, a lot of times I don't have to pay for stuff. That's great. But I wouldn't say it's comparable to the amount of detriments being attractive has put me in. Look. All right, so, okay, so she's saying the, the the privileges I get are not comparative to the treatment that I receive back. I get free meals. I get free entree into the club. I get preferential treatment. I get hired for jobs, but I also get harassed. I don't have to pay for stuff. <laughs> yeah. I don't have to pay for stuff, and that's great and all. That's great and all, but what I get back comparatively is detrimental to me. That's what she says right here. That's what she says. I get free meals. I get free dinners and dates. Privilege, yes. I will get a free meal. I will get free entry. I will get preferential treatment. A lot of times I don't have to pay for stuff. That's great, but I wouldn't say it's comparable to the amount of detriments being attractive has put me in. Lord knows I'm very grateful that my mother picked an attractive sperm donor that gave me this face, but it has definitely made life a bit more challenging. When you are an attractive person, especially an attractive woman, mm -hmm. you will need to walk around yes. and protect yourself. This is true. This is true. She got the eyes of a Jezebel. This is true. Now, this is an example this is an example of what I was talking about earlier. Nobody cares about your struggle. Why? Because everybody has a struggle. This is an example of when, when, when rich people complain. And you say, why are you complaining? You have money. It doesn't matter. Rich people have struggles. Their life isn't perfect. So this is a woman that says she's extremely attractive. And she had to learn the hard way that being pretty doesn't make life easier. Even though it made my life easier in one way, I still struggle in another way. You, you find this interesting, right? This is interesting. Everybody has their own personal struggle. Nobody cares about yours. She's the type of person that doesn't care about yours. Yes. And she called her daddy a sperm donor. She did. Physically, mentally, everly, from everyone, because they will be attracted to you. They will be coming for different reasons, and you're going to have to be able to keep them away. As a woman who's attractive, you need to learn how to defend yourself. I am in the gym five times a week, getting strong as fuck in case somebody walks up on me, they don't get You need to learn how to read people. You need to pay attention to your surroundings. You need to not get gas late at night. Well, that, yeah, I mean, 
that that's true, but that's true of anybody. But yes, I mean, I guess being attractive. Yeah. I mean, I, I do the same thing when I have a nice car. If I have a nice car, I don't get gas at night or I get the gas at night at a place I'm comfortable with. But go on. You need to be on your P's and Q's and you need to be extremely intelligent. I once had someone pretend to be a business, sent me an email yeah. saying that they would fly me and my brand, I have a swimsuit line, to another country to do a photo shoot. Everything seemed extremely legitimate. They even sent photos of other women that will be attending the event. I, you know, again, that's kind of like that's something that happened because you are a model or you have a swimsuit. So you're being targeted for that. You're, but this can happen to any woman. This can happen to a child. This can happen to some men. But she's equating that this is happening to me because I'm pretty. But I think that you would be surprised that some ugly, even Tisha Campbell was out here trying to say she was trying to get abducted. They fucked up because one of the women in the photos is someone I know. I messaged them. They had no idea what I was talking about. This pervert was pervert. trying to lure me out to another country to do God knows what with me. You would have been on that movie, uh, that movie. This is what you get for being attractive. Well, you know, from her perspective, she thinks that's because she's attractive. <laughs> so, right. But that is something that all women probably have to. I mean, there's some ugly women that probably have to deal with that. But she's right there from her perspective. She only knows that, hey, I'm attractive. And I think she's um, Blasian. She looks like she's black and Asian. And that that is a good mix. It's created a pretty good mix. But she's saying this is because I've been attractive. But some of these things she acknowledged were simple things. Like, that's what you should do as precaution. That is a filter, by the way. That is a filter. You know the movie. That is definitely a filter. But I'm, I'm, let me see if I can pull her up on her other social media. Because she's talking about, I just want to see. I just want to see. Mm-hmm. All right, so let me let me see something here. This is just for my own research purposes here. Um, let's see here. I did find her on Insta. Oh, Jesus, Jesus! Oh, she. Oh my goodness. <laughs> okay. Oh my. Uh, do y'all want to see this? You definitely want to see this. Um, I'm not here to. I'm not definitely here to promote other people's stuff, but I see what she's talking about now. All right. I couldn't really tell in the car. All right. But she thicker than a snicker. All right. She thicker than a snicker. Y'all want to see it? I know y'all want to see. All right. She definitely is on some model shit here. All right. This is her. This is her Instagram right here. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. That brother's starving. Yes, sir. <laughs> All right. That's this is going to be her. Um attractive is not the word that I would say she is, but she definitely is filled up and out. All right. She definitely grew up and out. All right. That definitely is. She looks like a good bed partner. She is fuck material, but I guess that's her plight here. Oh, she got somebody, a dog smelling her punani. All right. Okay. All right. That's a lot. That's a lot to deal with right there. All right, but as you can see, she's definitely what I would say self-absorbed. Self-absorbed would be the word there. That would be, that's a ninja's dream right there. That's a ninja's dream. I don't think there's much, that that looks pretty natural to me. I don't think that's much BBL. That Everything's matching. Everything's matching on this. 
I don't think that's in much manufactured in terms of maybe her face been touched, but that is a thick woman. But, you know, some people like them super thick like that. All right, anyway. And she does have, I think I have more followers than her on Instagram. Maybe I do, maybe I don't. I can't figure. Okay, so anyway, does she have an OnlyFans? She does not have an OnlyFans. All right, interesting. So she's um she's not an OnlyFans girl. But that's her own story right there. That's how she advertises. But then she says pretty privileged. These are the things that you have to talk about right there. You have to talk about. All right, uh, next one. Pretty privileged right here. Pretty privileged. You see this woman here? Listen. Like an object, like a trophy. And once they're done using that trophy to parade around their friends or like show off like, oh, yeah, I did this with her. It's like, okay, you're done. Bye. That's it. All right. So you heard the young woman there. There's the young woman. She looks like to be Latina or white. Span I can't tell. Her name is Brie. Soft white underbelly, fair use. She says, the trouble with being beautiful. Well, she doesn't say it. The title of the video is The Trouble with Being Beautiful. beautiful. She says, I'm treated like an object, a trophy. I'm treated like an object, like a trophy. And once they're done using that trophy to parade around their friends or like show off like, oh, yeah, I did this with her. It's like, okay, you're done. Bye. That's it. All right. Fair use. Fair All use. right, Bree. Bree, uh, where are you from originally? Where'd you grow up? Um, I'm from Panama, like the country, not oh, really? the city. Panama. Okay, I did pick up a little Latina look in her her features. So, you know, Panama. I did pick that up. Interesting. But uh, people would say, you know, Flatback Supreme, they would automatically just put her as a white girl. I was picking up some some sort of flavor in there. There is some spice in there. But she does have a build of a, a, a white girl, an average white girl, tall, long neck, and swimmer shoulders with the shoulder hanger, shoulders, flat back. She definitely wants a flat back supreme, and she has her hair blonde. So she did look like a tr typical American white girl. But you see there, there's a little bit of, this is why I call people racially ambiguous. They're racially ambiguous at this point. You cannot really tell what people are, and that's going to be the new America. That's going to be a new America. You wouldn't be able to say she was from Panama. You barely but have said she was Latina. All right. Or, or but uh, Panamanian. Panamanian devil. Central yeah. America. Yeah. Um, I grew up there until I was 16 years old. No, like 18 years old. What? So. 18. How was your childhood? Um, it was not the best. Um, I had like here we go struggle. Like my parents divorced when I was young. Oh, there we go. Um, I moved in with my mom, and we didn't have like the best living situation. Well, guys, sorry, man, I have to do this. This is the plight again. There's the struggle. So when you talk about your struggle and black community and uh, the black mothers and you know baby daddy struggle, you're seeing now that that's everybody's struggle. You're not unique in this struggle. So even you had this woman here. This young woman, this is the struggle of just people who are having relationships. This woman with the mother being broke. So there you go. So when you start telling people about your struggle and the plight of your struggle, people are not going to care. Let's continue. Um, she was just very like, she had an abusive boyfriend. So 
he would like abuse her in front of us and oh, well, I always saw. had to like jump in and stop and that was pretty traumatic. Okay. So she pretty, saw it. She witnessed it. Not. And your, your parents are from Panama? My dad is from here. Well, he's my stepdad. He's from here. From United States? Yeah, from California. Okay. And then my stepdad. mom, she's from Panama, yeah. So. And so aside from the divorce, was there anything anything else, any rough spots in your in your upbringing? Um, she was very abusive towards me when I was oh, young. Man. She um, would hit me a lot. I feel like she was taking it out on me. Why? Because her boyfriend was abusive to her, so she would, like, have to take it out on somebody. All right. So she would, like... Trauma. She would hit me a lot. She would say really bad things to me. Um, she was also very narcissistic. Oh, And my she Lord, would, like, tell me and my sister that we always had to look perfect or be perfect. And Jesus Man, this dude, with, I'm, <laughs> you're not going to out-victimize people today. Everybody got trauma. Everybody got trauma. You're almost going to be at an advantage if you admit that you don't have trauma at this point. Because you can get past it. But trying to drag people into your victim and trauma, it's a, you can't do it. Everybody's got it today. And her seemed legitimate because the ba she, got, she got in a situation she... She met a gringo. Her mother met a gringo. The gringo saved her ass. The gringo was peeling that Ike Turner back. And then the mama was abusing, allegedly, the children. And she's saying, I had to look perfect. So the mother was giving you standards plus smacking you up. Okay, I got it so far. The victim Olympics is out of control, bro. In order for her to bring us around her, like, friends and stuff. And when I was young, she would, like, I don't know what the word is, but she would have like older guy friends oh. and she would always bring me around and say, look how pretty my daughter is. Isn't oh. Damn daddy. Jesus, man, Lord have mercy. All right, so the mother was trying to sell the daughter to older men up. Oh. That's how they do it over in Panama, apparently. Y'all not ready for this conversation. So she said mama was trying to sell the daughters off. Oh, are y'all ready? <laughs> she would like, I don't know what the word is, but she would have like older guy friends and she would always bring me around and say, look how pretty my daughter is. Isn't she so sexy and stuff? And I was like a child. And so I've been sexualized since I was very young mm. by my own mother. By your mom. Yeah. Wait, Lord have mercy. Bad. Woo. I just want to say, Woo. thanks. Oh. I'm glad you came along. Ninja. Partner, I want to sing a song just for you. Shit, wow. Because you're my special friend. All right, uh, let's continue here. Good Lord. Um, what, kind of, what kind of teenager were you? I was very good until I turned 16, like 15, 16. I started to rebel just because she was so strict. Um, she would be like... I don't know. I decided to start rebelling. So they sent Not me up to America for six months. But as soon as I got to America, I would sneak out. I would uh -oh. do drugs. I would uh. drink. Um, so they sent me back to Panama. And then All right. Yeah. Okay. Damn. In these streets. So she came out and she caused havoc. All right. Because of the abuse and the trauma that she experienced and the racism that, the, that they can't make ends meet. She came out here and she wrote. The, she. 
she got the brakes beat off of her and she started doing drugs. As I told you, drug use is the reason why we have all of this trauma and mental health issues. Nobody wants to talk about it. And she started running around in these streets. In these streets? With Hector and Mungo and Pookie and Ray Ray. And she started running around rebelling. <laughs> Here we go. Here we go. All right. Um, listen, I'm not, t I'm not trying to say, but this is what's happening. Here we go. And when they sent me back to Panama, I kept doing the rebellious stuff. She stayed in the streets. In these streets? They sent her back. They sent her back and she stayed in these streets. All right, so here we go here. She looking for the dash you guy. Let's continue. So my mom kicked me out the house when I was 16. And she kicked me out with nothing. Like, she basically told me, take your mattress and your phone and go. I couldn't even take my clothes. Couldn't take anything. Well, that's um, your mama stuff. I had nowhere to go, so I was staying on my cousin's couch for a while. Uh-oh. I would stay, like, with friends sometimes, but it was pretty, like, rough to, like, find somewhere to stay because everyone would eventually get tired and be like, all right, you oh. have to go. Yep. So um, one day when I was 17, oh. I met this 30-year-old guy. Oh. When would y'all believe me, man? Y'all not going to believe me at all, huh? Y'all going to keep fighting me. Everything I say is for a reason. Now we got the special friend. I just want to say. Here we go, 16, 17. Thanks. I'm glad you came. Here we go. Here we go. You met a 30-year-old man. He papped them cheeks out. At the bus stop, and I was so desperate that I didn't have any anywhere to stay that I asked him, like, can I come stay with you? Uh-oh. And then I started living and dating with a 30-year-old when I was 17. <laughs> so that wasn't very good. Here we go. Here it we was what I had to do. Oh, mm -hmm. oh you had to This do was it. where? She had to do it. She had no other choice. Okay, all right, here we go. This was all in Panama. All in Panama. Yeah. But you, you had been going to the United States? Um, they just sent me here for six months trying to, like, they are saying to, like, fix me, like, make me act better. But I wasn't, so they just sent me back to Panama. How, how is growing up in Panama different than growing up in the, in the U.S.? Oh, it's, like, extreme poverty over there. Like, okay, we lived in, like, this applied to college, just one college, and I got accepted. And once where, where I got... Is it? What school? Florida State. Florida State. Oh, yeah. Florida so, State. <laughs> Florida State. Let me go, skip ahead here. Each, they didn't ask me for an ID, nothing. They're like, go change right now. Wait. And oh, come back. She went, oh, did she go to the strip club? She went to be a stripper. Like Hooters kind of bar. Oh, Hooters. But a little more like sexual. A strip I'm still club. 17. Still 17. Oh, my goodness, Ninja. <laughs> So she's 17. She's about to go work at a strip club. Um, It was more like Hooters, but strip club kind of vibes. So I just walked in one day with my last $5. And I was like, hey, can I work here? And they were like, yeah, go change right now. They didn't ask me for my age. They didn't ask me for an ID, nothing. They're like, go change right now and come back. So I was like, okay. I went. I came back, 
started working. It was horrible. Men would touch you. Men would like grope you. You had to like get drunk every night with the guys, and it was just like that. Don't sound like it wasn't very fun, but it was what I had to do. It's what you had to do. And then one day I'd make enough to pay rent and like put towards paying for my semester, but not enough to really survive. So I was kind of working to just like be able to pay for college. So one day I'm just sitting there and I go on my phone and on Uh-oh. Instagram I started getting thousands of requests. Someone had post my, posted my picture and it went viral. And I had just turned 18. What do I tell you guys? Hey. Women in their young years live a life that you, they live two times your life. By the time you hit 30, this woman has lived two of your lives. From what she's exposed to, what she's heard, what she's experienced, what she's decided to do. By the time they hit 18, they've lived, you haven't lived their lives until you hit 30 or 35. I'm just letting you know. And that's just the reality of nature. That's how it's marketed. That's how it works. An 18-year-old woman has lived your life twice over. This is why people then say they're expired. What they experienced in their early years, you will never even see. He said they innocent until 20. You won't even see it. And they're not going to tell you. They're not going to tell you. But she already 17, 18, strip club with a sugar daddy, living with another man, kicked out, been in these streets. Now she at 18. Now she viral. Now she's viral. Left Epstein Island. Now and a victim at 18. At 18, she didn't live crazy life. <laughs> that is crazy. Let's continue here. And I was like, you know what? This is when OnlyFans was like really uh, OnlyFans. like blowing up. Oh my! And I was goodness. like, you know what? I'm gonna make an OnlyFans. So I decided to make an OnlyFans at when I had just turned 18, um, and that was life changing. In the first month, I made twenty thousand dollars, which oh I had Lord. never seen that kind of money before. Oh, so I got kind of addicted to it, like addicted to the fast life. Um, and to the fast money. So I would... Women live a life that you will never live. This is why we talk about the wall and the reverse effects of aging. Well, men, you're aging at 35. You're in your peak. They're in their peak in their teenage, late teens, early 20s. And they have to make good decisions with this time because if they don't, it's going to affect them. Wow. Yep, she a vet at 18. A vet. Would keep doing worse and worse things like i started off uh-huh. like pretty pg then i would like go into lingerie and then i would go farther and farther and i regret that so much why, why would you go farther because far, the guys are requesting it yeah because if you don't I the money's gonna money. like dwindle down and it's a so if you do something more extreme yeah you'll keep making more money yeah so i decided to like how much were you making at the peak I made $100,000 on my best month. $100,000. Oh, $100,000 a month. Good yeah. Lord. For an 18-year-old girl? Yeah. I, yeah, I made 100000 And I was making that for months. Um, and I just kept, but I was so depressed when I was doing it. It was, 
It was so bad. I would lay in bed every day like, how did this become my life? Like, how did I end up here? Like, the money was great. It was amazing. I could pay for everything. I bought my car, my apartment, was able to buy anything I want. But I wasn't happy because of what I was doing to make that money. And I wanted to do more with my life. But I was stuck, uh, stuck in this contract with a management company that... Uh, wait a minute. You were stuck in a contract with a management company? Sounds like a pimp. I thought you did OnlyFans on your own choice. Now you got an OnlyFans pimp. You know she broke right now, brothers. And by the way, she's a nice piece of calico. I would love to have seen her at 18. Never mind. They're basically like internet pimps. They wow, take a girl, they say, oh, we're going to oh, manage everything you do and you're going to give us a percentage. So I had them and I was stuck in a year-long contract, so there's no way I could have broken out of it um, unless I like paid a crazy fine or something. I don't remember how to break the contract. What, what, per what percentage of the money were they, were they taking? Um, like... 35, 35%. Mm. So if you're making 100,000, they get 30 of that? 35,000 of that, 35. yeah. So mm. it was, it was like, kind of like I was stuck. Like, there's nowhere to go. And I still wanted to, and when I started making that money, my mom came back and she was like, oh, I love you again because I have all this money. So I was kind of buying her love, like buying. So the mom's a strag, a piece of shit. Yep, that's not a surprise. She then aged out, and she's using the daughter. Oh, and her gifts, giving her money all the time, just and when I wouldn't, she would kind of like get mad. So I just kept giving her more and more, and she kind of just took advantage of the fact that I really wanted her to love me since she never gave me that love as a child. So I decided to like give her more money and more money and it was just so depressing like i had no real friends all my friends just liked me because of what i could do or what i could give them um i really had nobody so it was really a lonely time in my life did you keep the you know so your sister was younger or older yeah she was younger she was oh no um four years younger than me four. but she had completely cut my mom off completely cut me off she cut everybody off because of how traumatic our childhood was okay the sister probably hit the streets too they sent her up to america and she just never came back like they were like oh she's just coming for a month and my grandparents kept her because they were like there's no way you're going back do, there. do you speak with her now yeah we finally like this year like started to she a stripper? talk again mm. she's kind of forgiving everything i, I didn't really do anything but just because she felt like i was still good with my mom she was like she's also a bad person but i just i just desperately wanted my mom to love me so i was willing to deal with everything by the way have you noticed that you notice that i'm gonna only play a couple more minutes this, this is wild um this is a woman says, you know, she's attractive and she's certainly monetized her attractiveness and to the point where she was able to make money and people targeted her. People offered her opportunities, drugs, sex, apartments, money, and uh, she's monetized herself and she cannot come back from it. That's what I always warn women. Once you choose this lane, it's going to be hard for you to come back because you've seen people, men, your family members in a light that you'll never be able to trust people again. So you can never see a man with good intentions now, here's the thing.
This is a, a woman that has been through all of this, and it has not been on the backs of a man. Like, it wasn't a bad relationship. She did have the pimp and the older man, but it's never, her problems don't stem from the guy. Like, it doesn't stem from she had an abusive partner, and because that's going to come later in life. She has to explore this first. Then she's going to get that second. This is the plight of young women, uh, especially younger, uh, attractive-ish women. But you're also just trying to make money to, 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 to survive. survive. Yeah, to survive. So she's already had money issues. She already sold some pussies. She already did drugs. She already got papped out by uh, free game ninjas. She's already been pimped. She's already been pimped by her mama. She already had sugar daddy. Ninja, before you even showed up, she's already had that. She's got problems, trauma, abuse. She's been hit. Before you even show up. Uh, yeah. Your intention was not to become a millionaire at 18. Yeah, it was it was crazy. I didn't know what to do. I, I spent a lot of it. Like, I didn't oh. know what to do with it. I would buy, like, a crazy car. I would buy, like, all these clothes, all these luxury items. Because an 18-year-old with $100,000 a month is going to go crazy. Like she, she snorted it up. Let me see if I can play one more clip here because I don't want to make this too long. Long interview. Negative treatment you get from women and, and men and if you see through all that bullshit it'll be easier for you to forgive yourself it'll be easier, easier for it'll be easier for you to love yourself and do yeah she a flyback supreme that's for sure she got the flybacks going something great in the world that makes you happy makes you proud for sure because you haven't done anything really that you're proud of yeah you know? um the most proud i've been is that i graduated college that well, that's was insane to me no that's something to be proud of there you go yeah, through graduating college because everyone thought, oh, she's going to get pregnant at 17. Oh, she's going to do this. Oh, she's going to do that. She's going to, like, have a terrible life because of what she did. And I kind of prove them wrong every time. They're like, she can't graduate college, so I did. Um, she can't start anything productive, so I'm starting businesses. Like, I have investments and properties. Like, I have all these things that they said that— right, so she, she saved some of her money. It seems like she got smart. Wendy got a degree. Congratulations to her on that one. And she got some investment properties, um, you know, mostly because she's attractive for a large percentage of men. And she's young, too. Let's not talk about that. She's young and attractive. And she was able to parlay that into money. But then she says, essentially, this has been a crutch. This has been work against me. Now, people in the comment section was going ham on her. Ham. Okay. It says right here, it comes, uh, it says right here, uh, women are saying I'm 64 year old grandmother and you have nothing to be ashamed about. You did what you had to do. I was once a beautiful woman too. And everyone hated me. Men were awful. I'm proud of you for taking the incentive, uh, to take care of yourself. This one says at 22, this lady is very mature, self-aware. This one says father or two raising a 13 and a seven year old, both beautiful little girls, I literally just had a conversation with my oldest about being beautiful and the troubles it will bring you via boys and girls. The troubles of being ugly. Okay, uh, that's a that's a rip right here. And it says right here, she literally had no resources, resources to pay for college or eat or live. So to think that she feels so badly about her choices breaks my heart for her and so forth and so on. Okay, now, Brie is an inspirational. Okay, never judge someone for the choices they made. We got a lot of stuff here. Um, I'm sorry you were sexualized at such a young age and had a narcissist mother. I adopted my daughter. I feel so blessed. 
The title of this video is misleading. And it's leading to a lot of judgmental comments. And she's responded right here. She's responded. Yeah, Cinderella Complex. Hi, it's Bree. And she says, I just wanted to add a couple of comments. First, thank you for, uh, thank you, Mark, for interviewing me. I have read every single comment. And to the positive ones, thank you. To those who are negative, I do not believe I am the prettiest person ever. And I did not ask Mark to title this video uh, this way. I just wanted to come on and talk about my past as an OnlyFans model and how I got to that point and how my looks have impacted the way people think of me. I don't have fake extensions or surgery. I was naturally born this way. The way I dress is because my brain is wired to believe I have to dress this way because that's what I was taught my whole life. I pray that you watch the entire video because uh, before leaving that nasty comment, and as it does affect the real person on the screen, I am not just some super elevated girl who believes she is the best. I have real feelings, and those things hurt. So before you judge me for how I look before watching this whole video, which is ironically considered that the video is about, maybe watch it and then make your opinion. All right, there you go right there. Um, and I'm sure people was clapping back. People who are negative are showing their own insecurities. Okay, people are saying you're gorgeous. No way you read every comment. All right, F the haters and so forth and so on. So you do have a lot of people rescuing you, rescuing her. I think the pretty privilege that has to be acknowledged is the fact that she was able to do all of those things. She was groomed, sexualized for sure. She capitalized on it. She's actually in a better financial position because of it. She definitely wasn't happy. However, she's now saying that she wants sympathy for being able to capitalize on something that most people cannot capitalize on, whether it's good or bad. That's where people are going to struggle with this, and I'm pretty sure that's where the negative comments are coming from. And the fact is, she still is doing it. She's still doing it. So it's hard for people to feel bad for her. She's still doing it. She showed up in a corset with her titties pushed up, and she's still monetizing her youth and beauty. Now, I'm not saying she shouldn't. It's somewhat smart for her to get through this life. But even through this, the pretty privilege is allowing her to be the victim in a situation where most women and men could not parlay it. It's weird, right? It's weird for a lot of people to realize that, yes, a pretty privileged woman could feel used and abused, discarded, even though she coming out on top. She's using, she's using something that most people would definitely want to use, that advantage. How, how do you get this advantage and still feel you took an L? Well, the reality is people have their own issues that they have to worry about. And they'll never worry about yours or care about yours more than they care about theirs. That's the reality of it. Interesting conversation. But look, we're at the four-hour mark. This is disgraceful. And it's despicable behavior by yours truly. So I will keep the stream shorter. But I don't have a job, so bear with me. Let me get to these super chats, and I hope there's not a lot. Shout out to Big Dirty SS. Hey, Coach, are you the Detroit Lions GM? Look it up. All right. Uh, it, uh, I don't know. Is that my net worth? I'm going to do a vlog on my net worth here. Detroit Lions GM. All right. Uh, he can send me his paycheck. Oh, I see the brother. All right, there he is right there. All right, gray beard. Everybody let Nate Gray grow out. Shout out to him. We got twin A says, I've been mugged three times. I must be beautiful indeed. Okay. 
Uh, did I get Cali West Miami? I did. Shout out to you. Thank you for the contributions. How many month? How much money I'm going to leave? How much money she got left? She got investment properties. Do you feel bad for her? Anybody feel? Press one in the chat. Actually, you know what? I'm going to do a poll. Do you feel bad? Sorry. Do you feel bad for Bree? Oh, it's not working. Do you feel bad for Bree? That's the question. I'm going to put it up here and you can answer it how you do. You, wait. Do you feel bad? Feel bad for Bree. All right, there it is right there. Now I want to type it in. Do you feel bad for Bree? Do you feel like she got the short end of the stick? Do you feel bad for Bree? Because I can say what I want to say. Do you feel bad for Bree? It says Burr. Do you feel bad for Bree? There you go right there. There's the poll. Damn, y'all heartless. <laughs> y'all heartless ass ninjas. All right, do you feel bad for Bree? That's the question right there. It's either yes or no. She had to do what she had to do. She had to do what she had to do. That's what she said. I think I got everybody. Let me see. If you if you feel yes, you feel bad for Bree, go ahead and fill out the poll there. People do have a little bit of a heart over here. They do have a little bit of a heart. And I hope you guys take my message as not as hate of myself. Please, I love myself. But I'm trying to get you brothers to wake up. We got a couple more here. Vans, I got you, brother. What did you say? Said don't read it out loud. Okay. Mm, okay. I'll I'll check for it. I'll check for it. Uh what if what if here's the, the child part? What if you were born tall? What if you were born tall and you were born tall and everybody said, play football, play basketball? <laughs> I know when it comes to sex, we do feel that that crosses the line. Although people have sex every day, B, we actually found out that 70, she was having sex by choice. So it wasn't like she wasn't going to have sex. She said she was out there in these streets. But if you were born tall and then people put you on the basketball court and you really didn't want to be there, yo, you could get a scholarship. You could go to the NBA and you really wasn't feeling it. You was like, yeah, but I want to be a rocket scientist. But they're like, Ninja, go chase that scholarship. And your parents are like, come on, man, you can get us out the hood. And they made your ass run up and down the court playing AAU basketball, trying to get a scholarship, putting pressure on you, making you work, yelling at you because you didn't play good in front of the college scouts. And then all of a sudden, you like, man, I give it up, man. It's because I was tall. They use my body. Is that the same thing or not? Yeah, Ben Simmons. They wore your body out. They made you out here with your feet turned inside out. Are y'all still mad? They groomed me to be a basketball player. They made me play AAU four games a day. <laughs> I'm getting dunked, though. Like, is that the same thing or not? Is that the same thing? Because you got young men getting put in that situation on a daily basis and young women. You better get your degree. heights of genetic, getting the bag because of genetics. That, is that the same thing or no? Mm, hear me out. Hear me out. I know she had to give her Pudusi up, but you got this ninja running up and down the court, dripping sweat. All right, he don't want to play no basketball. Mm. <laughs> ben Simmons, same thing. That's the Ben Simmons. Most of these NBA players don't like basketball. They like damn. And, and here's the thing about this that I'll tell you is somewhat similar. A lot of these players, they'll play basketball in high school and they'll play basketball in AAU 
and their parents and their coaches, they use them, they fly them all over the country. They 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 transport them, what do they call it? Um they they take them all over the country and they play in front of these coaches and the AU coaches get in the bag. And these kids will go to college and they'll get to college and they will not like basketball. I've seen it for years. And then by the time they got to college, they didn't really like basketball no more. They fell out of love. Then it became about scholarship. And the college coaches are like, bitch, you better play. Nigga, you better play tonight because my job depends on it. And now it becomes the kid. It's like a job. It's like a job. And do it. Yeah, traffic. They traffic these kids to play basketball. And then these kids get to college freshman, sophomore year. And they're like, I fell out of love with basketball. But because y'all saw NBA draft and because y'all saw playing overseas, you could play overseas and make a half million dollars. And then the dudes is like, man, I don't want to do it. They fall out of love. They want to go home. They don't know what they want to do. Then they don't have another plan because everybody told them to play basketball. And they really don't want to do it. They don't want to be practicing and watching film and, you know. Yeah, they get to travel, and they get to wear, get their sweats, and they get to play in front of the game and get the girls. But they're saying the same thing. I was used for my body. Is it the same or no? Is it the same or no? They just don't want to be tackling people all day, all day life, but they like, man, you're going to make it out the hood, and you can buy your mama a house. Is it the same thing? But Or they took the money, so get your whole ass out there. You took the scholarship. You took the shoes, you took the scholarship, you took the airplane trips, you took the game. Hey, get your bitch ass out there. Is that pimping? Hey, man, they making millions, coach. They should be happy, but they're they not happy. Uh, somebody says, I went to school with Coach Braswell. Shout out to you, man. Jay, you went to school, you went to CSUN. Did you play? Um, did you play? Because you were there probably around when I was there. Shout out to Coach Braz. He's one of my buddies. I knew him and his family for a long time. He didn't get me into coaching, but I, 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 I remember Coach Braz. I coached when he was coaching there. Is it the same thing or no? Yep, he smashed all the honeys. Uh, ben Simmons comes to mind on this one. Ben Simmons. So let's take Ben Simmons. He's a guy that doesn't want to play ball. Where's a picture of him? Images. Ben Simmons is literally this. So Ben Simmons got the money, he got the bag, he got the Kardashians, he getting all the hoes. He he getting the commercials. He just don't want to play. He don't want to play no more. He obviously don't want to play. He bricked that layup three years ago in the playoffs, and his he don't want to play no more. His give a damn is busted. But he Naomi Osaka is another one. She won the U.S. Open. She was like, this is as far as I want to go. I beat Serena. I don't want to play no more. I want to chill. I want to fornicate, smoke weed, do dope, whatever the hell she doing. And, like, it's done. Twin eight was there. Okay, you went to CSUN, too. Shout out to y'all. Shout out to all the Cal State Northridge alumni, Gold Matadors. I think Cali West Miami went to Cal State Northridge. We got a lot of Cal State Northridge brothers. But they hate basketball. He like, I don't want to play ball, but they're like, Ninja, you six foot nine. You good. You was rookie of the year, I think. Keep playing. You making money. Is that the same thing as Bree? I think it's the same. Now, people are going to say, no, nah, sex is different. 
She was fucking anyway. She was fucking at 16. Stop saying she was. It wasn't like she was a virgin and she's touched for the first time. She was already having sex. So, and she said she wasn't even selling sex. As far as I know, she was selling her sex appeal. She wasn't even selling sex. So it wasn't like they threw her in a room and locked her in and said, all right, spread your legs. <laughs> so it, I don't know. Is it the same thing? I think so. Anyway. Yeah, someone made her viral, so she took the job. Jonathan says, I don't know if this is still active, but I'm going to send this donation anyway. It is active. Today, stream hit different. It is insightful, historical, prophetic, and hitting hard. It's mind-blowing, tough love. Keep it up. Shout out to our brother, Jonathan H. Yes, that's what I, that's what I tend to do. I don't want to make anything a over here seem to be what you guys want is a utopian idea. I don't preach these utopian ideas. And if we just, I teach you what it is and I show you what's going to be. We got a lot of CSUN brothers here. Here, shout out to Ken Twin A. We got another brother over here, CSUN. Shout out to the mighty, mighty Cal State Northridge in the Matadome. We got Pro Man says, I went to the Million Man March when I lived in Maryland. I was all up in the pro black video in the record. And he says, but all we got were scam. The only thing is to work and earn. That's it. That's the, that's the secret. That's the secret. And really take care of your own. In fact, the, the community exists when people take care of their own. We got Jay from CSUN. Okay. Yeah. The, the thing about community is that everybody's responsible for themselves in the community. Once you say that then other people have to take care of others, that I think is egregious. Even when you're successful, you need to come back, you need to do for, and you need to bring back what you earn and you owe us. That's not true. Shout out to Rob says, to the realest in the game, appreciate you. Anthony Ingram, I started kindergarten in the all-black school in the 90s. I had a horrible speech problem. I couldn't pronounce the C's or K's. Sound like a backwood Bama. I still call my dad Paul. He says, the school I went to didn't even acknowledge it. The next year, I went to a school, white and Asian kids. I wasn't in class for more than 30 minutes. They sent me to a speech therapist who worked in the school. She taught me how to speak properly. The blacks left me sounding like one of the fat Albert ninjas. And they made fun of me when I did learn to speak correctly by saying I sounded white. By the way, my kindergarten teacher was went to my church and was close to my family and still didn't correct you. That brings another conversation up that we are not going to address today because I'm tired. The conversation is, do black women really work to sabotage young black men by not helping them properly in education? In doc in hospitals, um, and stuff. Now it's not just black women, but we have to talk about young black men because you're starting off at a deficit. Single mothers, mothers, women that work in law enforcement, men that work in law enforcement. That is an issue that people don't address while we're still trying to work together. Some of the best things you can do is to help young men. Getting, because that young man that told that young woman, hey, baby, I'm trying. I'm trying to sound less ignorant. But they let that young boy grow up 
And he does have a lot of slang, this young man here. They let him grow up. And sometimes believing this is cute, this is enough, you don't have to do this, don't speak white, be one of us. There's a lot of self-sabotage. As much as there is self-hate in the community, there's also self-sabotage. Ninja, you ain't trying to read, you trying to learn, you trying to get better than us, you trying to speak white, you trying to do better. There is that going on as well. And that must be acknowledged alongside self-hate. Because there is a lot of people sabotaging other men and not letting them get to their best and not exposing them to the best. No, nah, don't the white people gonna hate you. They gonna tell you to go home. No, they don't. I've lived in the suburbs. They never, they don't even acknowledge me. But you acknowledge me. Yeah. Acknowledge me. They don't care about y'all. As long as you as long as you don't bring no kids around to lower their property value, as long as you take care of your business and pay your bills, as long as three of you of that kind don't move on to the same block, they don't give a damn. Now, if four families moved in at the same time, they might give a damn. But at that point, they don't. So watch out for this self-sabotage. This you can't you ain't better than us, unfortunately. This is a myth. There are black men that are better than other black men. There are black men that are overwhelmingly better than black women, but you've been told the opposite. We better than you, and you dusty. And really, you hold the key to the strength of your own self-preservation. But they will tell you you ain't shit without even hesitating. You got to get out from under the thumb of black women because that's what they try to do to you to condition you to help them. And I'm not saying this to belittle black women, but that's what they do. That is a tactic. And once you explore other races, which I've done, I've done, it's not like they treat me better, but they never come in saying they're better than me. Now, they might, one might treat me like that and say, I have an advantage over you as a white woman. I'll give you the white woman tears and you'll lose. But they are never constantly reminding me that they're better than me. So that is something that you have to overcome. This constant, I'm better than you. I'm more educated. I make more money and I'm. This is something you got to get rid of because the reality is they're not better than you. <laughs> they're not. They're not better than you. But you have a belief system that you are and you continue to serve them and make deals with them in which they continue to sell you down the river at, at, at a moment's notice. So be careful with this. And in the black community, we have an idea that it's each one teach one and no one's above the other. That's false. If you want to be like these other communities, there is other communities. There is a sense of I'm better than you. And it be your own people. Like white people think they're better than other whites. Asians think they're better than other Asians. Middle Easterns think they're better than other Middle Easterns and Persians. Okay, they have a I'm better than you attitude, even within their own family. So, yes, I'm better than you, and I'm proud to say it. I'm better than you. I look better than you, motherfucker. Ninja, I speak better than you. I am a better human being. And that's just what it is, Ninja. Now, you can prove me wrong by showing and proving, but don't try to hate. Don't try to hate from the bleachers. Don't try to hate from the bottom of the bucket because I say I'm better than you and I show improve on a daily basis. I'm better than you. And it's okay. We're not all the same. We're not all the same. We're not. Some people are better. Some people are bored with an advantage. But I'm better. It's okay. 
Be better, ninja. <laughs> Don't try to tell me I'm on your level when I'm better than you so you can feel better about being better. No. <laughs> I'm better. It's okay. Somebody's better than me. Not many, but somebody is. Not many, but somebody is. <laughs> right, anyway. And you're better at other things, ninja. That's what it is. But you ain't me. But don't hate me because you ain't me. And that goes for everybody. That goes for everybody. I'm better than a whole bunch of people around this motherfucker. Anyway, boss up, you goofy-ass ninjas. Anyway, ninja, be, we, I'm trying to teach y'all to boss up. Y'all don't want to do it. MC Amster says, I know, them, I know there's STEM degrees who didn't get, wait, I know there's STEM degrees who did it for the money, not for the love. That's a fact. That's a fact. So, yeah, even people who go to college do it for the money, and they don't like it. So, it's at the same thing. Shout out to the coach gang. I'm done. I'm done talking. Done talking. I'll be back tonight. Maybe not tomorrow morning. Ninja going to be in court. Ninja again. Ninja be out here getting sued like Tupac in this motherfucker. All right, but anyway. <laughs> All right, shout out to the coach gang, man. I'm trying to stay alive out here. Peace.